Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Infinity. This is a role-playing podcast in which the players enter a world of endless imagination and infinite possibilities. So what's the objective of this podcast? Well, I love video games and podcasts. So I thought, why not blend the two? Join in on the journey and enjoy the ride. Press start to begin. Hello, hello. Welcome players one and all. My name is Joy Infinity and my pronouns are she, her. And this episode is going to be a online multiplayer episode. And I'm so excited about it. This special player, this special person, oh my gosh, I love them. I appreciate them. This has been a long time coming. An episode that I've been exclusively waiting for. And I cannot wait for all of you to listen to this wonderful human being. Could you please introduce yourself, your pronouns, your powers and or abilities and establish the social bond between us? Hi, my name's Takia Marie. My powers and abilities, hmm, I guess I would say knowledge, compassion, art, creativity. And we know each other through mutual, well, your cousin, my friend, Antonio Palmares. And the first time we met, I believe, was at New York Comic Con, like a few years ago, many years ago, maybe even now. And yeah. And we've been friends ever since. Thank you. Oh my God. Dakia Marie. Oh, <laughs> who child. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. In this virtual space, the world of infinity. So excited. I have here, because your answers from a while back are hilarious to look through now. Yeah. So <laughs> you said back then that physically you're, you said physically because I said physically mental emotional and spiritual so you really did go through them Uh your physical power is I can eat a lot oh yes (laughs) (laughs) we foodies for life foodies for life that one is true that is true that's why that's why me and Antonio got along so well because we both love to eat and before COVID like we were always in New York hitting up spots we would like go to the comic book store then go eat then go to another comic book store and then go eat again like <laughs> facts y'all y'all's adventures had me so tight when I was like <laughs> stranded in New Jersey and watching Antonio have aka the hungry bleak but he would right. have all these friends I didn't know at the time and I'm like bruh like I want to go. Why can't I go? <laughs> at the time, you know, but like you said, before we met each other at New York Comic Con, I was just like, dang, man, like he, he also has a mutual friend of mine from high school. So I was like, oh, uh-huh. he, he knows cool people. Like he knows cool black people. How come I don't know these cool black people? <laughs> so you're right. And, you know, I pray that when COVID's over, like I said, I'm making a beeline for your house. Oh, yeah. And we gonna, you know, safely 
go to these different restaurants and stuff because I'm not trying to have nobody catch mm-hmm. no kofefe. Yeah, for, for anybody listening, me and my husband do, we will throw cookouts and my husband is all about the barbecue. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's his superpower. <laughs> Amen. Shout out to him. Oh my gosh. the Is it the rib guy? Yep. The rib guy. If anybody wants to see some of the food he makes, it's the rib guy one, the number one on Instagram. It's worth um, it. But yeah, delicious, especially the ribs, delicious food. And you got all that food to yourself. Yes, man, oh. COVID. <laughs> I'm just sitting here eating and drawing. <laughs> the best life. And I definitely want to ask you about your COVID life, like your, mm-hmm. your Kofefe quarantine life in, in a moment. We'll probably, maybe we'll most likely dive into that. Okay, that's cool. Your mental powers, you said knowledge. Mm-hmm. which is you did say that so that makes yeah. sense <laughs> um <laughs> you want me to elaborate on it you like, don't have to you don't have oh. to but I, I was just like my <laughs> mental powers knowledge like <laughs> okay queen <laughs> um you smart but <laughs> <laughs> well I guess because I like to read I read a lot and try to like remain educated that that is definitely a byproduct of my dad Mm. because my dad was always especially you know growing up black and everything you know my dad we would go to school and we would learn history whatever history they taught us and then my dad would always have books at home you know civil rights leaders and stuff like that and he would always say okay whatever you learn in school now this is the real history and he would always in every every week every week he would make us read a book so and he would buy like you know we had stuff you know we had like Harriet Tubman we had Malcolm X we had you know all these different things and he made us learn about the stuff that we weren't learning about in school and so like like that kind of instilled in me you know this thing of I always have to know like I always like I can't depend on what I'm being told I have to go and find out for myself so that's why I put that superpower in there but really that's a product of my my dad instilling that in me that's that negro knowledge but then I'm also like (laughs) that sounds ignorant to say I don't want to say it like I mean that in the highest form of no I know what you mean wow (laughs) that's not that's not an average black father thing to do and I'm not saying that from the whole stereotypes like I'm Uh saying like wow your father took time to instill that in you as a young woman yeah as as growing up because I'm like my I remember my dad would say these things but my dad's a whole different type of Uh type of man so you know he he's a he's like an Aquarius he's an Aquarius where he's just running around helping the world and he's like you can't trust everything. And then he would just leave. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, dad, what are you talking about? And then I'd, I wouldn't see him for hours because he's helping out this neighbor and that neighbor and so-and-so right. and making the world a better place and all that. So, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Shout out to your father. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I always credit him with that. And that's one of the things that like stuck with me. And to be clear, when he would do this, I wanted to play video games. I didn't want to like have to read like two or three books or whatever a week to you know, to satisfy whatever, like in in order for you to play video games or watch TV, you have to finish this book. Did you finish that book? And Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any of that, but you know what? 
when I started going to, I would say probably about middle school is when I started being able to put, what's the word, like put some sort of like concrete or, or tangible knowledge to like what I was experiencing in school and what he was making me read. Because at first, like he was making me read about people that like I had no idea at the time who they were. And I was like, why is this important? I just want to go play Sonic. Like mm. I just, <laughs> you know, and, but then when I started having certain experiences in school, having to do with race, having to do with being a girl and all that stuff, it, it's funny how like that stuff that you read just kind of sits there until you need it. And then it started being able to understand, oh, this is why he was making me read all this stuff and learn all this stuff. And, you know, when you're young and you're dealing with all of that, you don't know how to put a name to it until you get older and you start reading about or listening to other people who have experienced, you know, some of the things that we experience as, as Black women. And, you know, the stuff that he made me read about early on, I mean, I saw Roots way younger than I should have. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Roots was, Roots was hard for me to see. Yeah. Oh, God. Wait, Even my mom was like, they should not be seeing this right when, now. Like, I saw Roots way too young. But... Because I mentioned but, that. Yeah. And I, I, no, I'm just saying, like, I mentioned that in a, in a previous episode, like, watching Roots, and I was just like... Right oh my god like <laughs> what right so I mean but all that stuff informs like how you how you are or who you become when you get older and you know at the time I only wanted to play video games but as I got a little bit older I was grateful for it oh of course I'm, yeah. I'm grateful because I, I feel like that same thing but I'm happy that your father did it in that way because mm-hmm. my father didn't explain it to me he it was just more, had you read it and then no he was more uh, like you like all this asian stuff and you need to know about uh, this stuff and i was like but you're making it seem like i purposely don't want to know about being black like mm-hmm. if, if you relate it to me at the time of course i would want to know and like you said i i wasn't really able to grasp all that until i did get older and i <clears> moved <throat> away from my parents and i was like oh a lot of this stuff is like history repeating itself and a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of injustice so mm-hmm. much decades millennia of injustice like we should talk mm-hmm. about this and you know now my dad he's like I got all these books and you didn't want to read them I'm like mm-hmm. but you didn't make them readable like right you weren't instilling that as a young black girl to be like you should know about your history because but mm-hmm. like you're right. just saying you better do this or else and <laughs> <laughs> why do I want to know about this thing or else like you said I right. want to play video games too like I'm not uh-huh. trying to sit here and read some boring books about people they ain't got nothing to do with me until you know so it, that's, so that's a whole point, other thing too so at what point did you start you know kind of reading about that kind of stuff and... after 25 uh-huh. my virtual age here is 25 uh-huh. because I feel like I became my authentic self at 25. Gotcha. Yeah. More of exploring, like, I am a Black woman, but like, what does that really mean in mm-hmm. this society, in this state I live in? 
to my personality, to people around me, like, what does that mean? And I should be diving into our history and figuring out, uh-huh. you know, how am I supposed to love my community and really express that without feeling scared or feeling like I'm less than, or my whole childhood, people were like, you're not black enough. And I'm like, uh-huh. but you're not even, you're not even acknowledging that there is black here though. Right. So I'm right. like, how can I, how can I acknowledge being a black woman? If my whole life, I was told I wasn't even black enough to be categorized as a black woman, but yet I'm having other ethnicities be like, well, she's black, like you're black, but you're like a right type of black for us. And I'm like, well, yeah, what? yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Preach. Like, so me being 25, I was like, you know what? Like now, you know, I wasn't dating anybody. I, you know, I graduated college. I was like, well, all right, let's, let's figure this thing out. And like, you know, when I met you for the first time, I was like, oh my God, I'm truly seeing black women in their element. And I'm not trying to size up our blackness. Like, well, she's blacker than me this, this episode, or she's uh-huh. <laughs> this time she's blacker than me. Maybe I'm going to out black her. Like, it's none of that. It was never any of that for any black woman I've ever met, but it's just kind of like, I didn't have to prove to you. I didn't have to use colloquialisms like, Hey, yo, my sister, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's popping. Like what? It sounds so weird. So it was just seeing you and seeing Shanae and and Uh seeing gorgeous women being in their element at Comic-Con and not worrying about the racist, racial, biasness that's going on you were just like I just have a thing I'm talented AF I'm here amongst my peoples we are chilling we're having a good time and I just you know obviously happen to be black yeah. that's it it could all it's all intersectionary like it all uh-huh. and I was like oh, it can work it yeah. does exist <laughs> so and then of course we being black the one of the biggest advantages is like we all look young AF. So I'm that like melanin, man. <laughs> we are all the same age, right? Like we're right. all and not to say that y'all are older, like way older than me or anything, but uh-huh. I'm just like, it does work. Like people do this. And it's not that you have to put away childish things like they drilled in me in, in church. Uh-huh. You can still do the things you love and it's not childish and still be a black woman and be taken seriously. Like all those things I saw instantly in, in you instantly yeah and like I can be that not to be yeah. you but to be that for myself yeah oh and, and that's imp- that's it that's so important and that's why it's like you know Sinead just shared a picture from that time with us mm-hmm. today in the perfect. group chat and perfect timing right you know that was such a great day because I think that was I, I think that's when I met you for the first time that yes. weekend and you know I just remember that day, just like you said, seeing so many Black creatives, Black women who were creatives, whether it was, you know, podcasting, writers, illustrators, and it's so important to see yourself in other people, to be amongst your tribe, so to speak, and that's not to say that you can't be around other people, but it's really important to see yourself in that, because we put so much pressure on ourselves, even within the community about being black enough, 
I, I got told all the time I wasn't black enough because, you know, at, there, there was a time where, where I spoke quote, they would tell me I spoke quote unquote white, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in a way it's funny because looking back on it, that's the, that's the moment I learned how to code switch. <laughs> mm. I never got my so. code switch card. <laughs> at least you had something man that's the moment I learned how to code switch and you know I remember being told that I wasn't black enough I remember it was all these things it wasn't even just about race like you know I was I was a black woman who was into like you into anime and stuff like that and I was like really really growing up into anime and manga more so than like American comics and you know, I just remember feeling like, you know, I wasn't black enough because of the things that I was into, because at the time there were no, you know, it's not that there weren't any black nerds, but it wasn't considered cool or whatever to be a black nerd at that time. The the nerdy things were for white people. We don't do that over here. Right. Exactly. And and so there was that. And then I also was like, but I'm also not feminine enough for women, you know, because I was, I, I was into things that were for boys, quote unquote, like, you know, all that stuff, like comics, video games. I didn't want Barbies. Like I didn't, you know, and I didn't like the things I was never a girly girl. I, I'm still a woman. I was still a girl, but I was never like, you know, what you would consider to be the stereotypical thing of what a woman is or what femininity means. And I like jeans and sneakers. I always hated heels. Not that I would never wear them, but I hated them. Like, I remember in high school, like I would wear makeup, but in my twenties, I stopped wearing it because I was like, well, this is what I look like. (laughs) This is what I look like. You better come through. You better let that natural glow. And that's not to knock anybody who does that, but that was for me, that's what, you know, that's what my journey led me to is this is what I look like. And that's not to say at the same time, I still liked getting my nails done. I would have, I would have female friends who would like, you know, oh, let me do you up. So, okay, do my hair, do my, do my makeup. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do my makeup, but you can do it. And it would be dope because they would be really good at it. And then, you know, they would just do me up and they knew I was a blank slate because I didn't give a shit. (laughs) So do whatever you want. And it was cool, but that wasn't like my day to day. And because I didn't do that, you know, I would get, you know, this whole thing of you would be so pretty if, right. And if you acted more feminine or if you were into more traditionally feminine things, and that just wasn't me. No, I feel you a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I had that as well. And it's, yeah. it's so, it's so interesting because baby joy is laughing and crying at the same time in mm-hmm. my soul, mm-hmm. because I felt that I was the only one going through this issue of being like, me self-identifying as a tomboy and because I'm like well girl stuff sucked like there was nothing about that to me that made me want to jump on that train of being a, a baby like being a mom at three like have the baby dolls and the, and the mm-hmm. Barbies and stuff right like, 
why? Like, why do I want to do that? And then, and I was saying like the, the more authentic we got, it seemed like it was a negative, especially when it came to the opposite sex. Like at first, like when we're younger, yeah. If, if we did find other people that liked the stuff we liked, they were mostly boys, the opposite sex. Uh-huh. And then when we got older, it seemed to be like a disadvantage to like those things at the mm-hmm. same time because then they would that's when the gatekeeping and yeah you don't know whether to like you or hate you or be against you or mm-hmm. you know I'm like what I don't yeah I ain't got time for that yeah and can yeah. I say something to that point too of course please bring it on um do it that that which you just mentioned was really hard for me because I grew up around boys so I I don't know if I've kind of talked about how I grew up but you know we I was born in Queens we lived in the Bronx for a little while for a few years and then we moved to Long Island but even even when I was younger it's like Long Island like it it was almost like we had a house there but we never were there because I was always either in Queens or the Bronx I still went to school in Queens And I was in the Bronx pretty much every weekend to see my cousins and my aunt because they still live there. We used to, the building that we used to live in was like literally around the corner from them. And then when we moved, my dad still wanted us to have that relationship with them. And that was very important to him. So every, pretty much every weekend we were still in the Bronx and all my cousins were boys. And so they are the ones who got me into video games and comics and anime and all that stuff. And that's all we would do every time we would go out there. My cousin would come with like a new stack of anime for me to watch. He would come with a new stack of comic books for me to read. We would have tons of games, Sega games and Super Nintendo games that we would that we would play. And I loved it. Like I loved all that stuff. And that actually is what influenced me creatively because I remember the first time I watched, I don't remember the first anime I watched, but I can I can name like a few of them. And when I saw anime for the first time, I was like, you can do this? Like you can draw things that are like this, the stories are this, you know, good and big and like the worlds are this big. And I was just so impressed by it and so that kind of became a foundation all of that stuff my my cousin used to rap my love for hip-hop came from being there from being in the Bronx all the nerd stuff and the and the music and all the stuff that I'm into is directly from me being in the Bronx and being in Queens with my family and so Now that's my foundation. So now when I got older and I was a girl who was into all of these quote unquote nerd things and I could recite lyrics to you and knew what I was talking about when it came to rap. And then boys were like, oh, you're not really into, like just because you're a girl, like, oh, you're not really into that or you don't really know about this or like all the gatekeeping stuff Mm. that, that you talked about, it, it was did they was, ask I think, you uh, did they ask you all the members of the Wu-Tang Clan yeah exactly <laughs> like they would do they would do stuff like that and so that and that was very like polarizing I think for me looking back on it because I grew up around boys who never treated me like that 
Mm-hmm. I grew up with boys who, in fact, got me into all of that stuff. And so then to like grow up and then have boys kind of treat me like, oh, you're not really because you're a girl so you can't really play video games and you're not really into comics and you're not really into anime and they do that thing where they want to test you on what you know so that was polarizing for me because you know the boys that I have been around were never like that they treated me like one of them regular (laughs) like yeah exactly so I don't know I think a lot of the stuff that we, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that we learn when we're younger, we only get older and have to undo some of it. That's exactly this. That mm-hmm. is exactly this. Like this, yeah. this medium that I'm even doing, like this mm-hmm. is me undoing all of the trauma right. that I learned from a young age. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, like, I feel like you grow up twice. Yes. You, you there's your childhood, right? And you grow up and then I feel like there comes this point in like your late 20s maybe early 30s where you start realizing the damage that was done and how much of these things like you harbor inside of you and then that's your second childhood kind of like you're undoing some of the things that you were taught and some of the things that you were taught were taught with good intention honestly but you end up having to like undo a lot of those things and kind of check yourself you know, so. No, I feel that because I, and now I'll, we're going to move on like real quick. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be heartbreaking because oh God, I don't want to unlock things in my childhood, but I'm like, <laughs> I honestly don't remember a lot about my childhood. And I don't know if that was because of a, like a fail safe. Like, mm-hmm. is that, do I, because rem- I don't, I don't remember obviously like not being physically abused or anything like that, physically, right. mentally, emotionally that I can mm-hmm. recall. But I'm like my parents and my brother, like living in that kind of kind of household with my family. Like I don't remember that much. Uh-huh. But when I ask other people in my family, they're like, "Oh yeah, you were a happy kid. Like you were running around, you know, in boys' clothes, playing football. Like you were uh-huh. playing video games. Like you were really cool." And I'm like, "So, how about my family though? Like, do you remember what the dynamic was between me and my mom or me and my dad or whatever? And they're like, well, you seem like you liked being by yourself. And I'm like, was I like that? Because I was, I already knew as a kid that my family was kind of messed up or like uh-huh. girl. So <laughs> we going that's going to be a future episode where I unlock that somehow, okay. but that <laughs> That treasure chest is locked because I don't have the key mm-hmm. for that because I didn't discover that in the dungeon of the world of infinity. So, you know, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna leave that that dungeon alone. Emotionally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, your power, because we're gonna go back to the powers. Okay. Emotionally, you said you are an empath. And I feel that because I feel a lot of my friends, especially my good god-given friends y'all empathic Uh af and i'm just like do tell why you like this i love it Um, but oh girl that could be a that could be a pro and a con like mm -hmm. i think that i think that's just i mean everything i feel like comes from the foundation of when you were a kid right my mom has been two things like she's always been a very compassionate person i think she always has a lot of empathy for people, almost sometimes to her own detriment. But I think that that's where I picked up a lot of that. 
And I try to look at the actions of other people through that lens, the way that she looks at it. But I also try to like, you know, not get taken advantage of too. And that can be, that can be like a, a very difficult thing to navigate. So I think I just try, I try to my best to be compassionate towards people and to try to understand why people do the things that they do. And I wasn't always like that. Like I was always, there was a point where I was very black and white. You do this, you're bad. You do this, you're good. And over time, I started to realize that it's a lot deeper than that for a lot of people. Some people do things for various reasons that have nothing to do with their character. And so I think as far as, uh, as empathy goes, I'm trying to understand people more and be more empathetic towards people, especially in this day and age where I think a lot of that is sorely missing. Mm. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. There, there needs to be more empathy in this world because mm-hmm. a lot of it is, a lot of it missing is why the world is the way it is to me. Because mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of people, they don't even, especially with this Kofefe time, like people don't even know sympathy for their fellow man. And they can't even take a, a hot second to even pretend to be in someone's shoes. Right. On what right. it could mean if you even go outside and you're not even telling other people that you might be infected with a virus, but mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. want to take a picture on Instagram and you want to travel <laughs> and you want to go on vacation. Right. right. Not to say that all those things are horrible, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, you weren't really social distancing. You weren't really washing your hands. I saw you right. come out the bathroom, Beth. You ain't wash your hands, boo. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't spray either. What are you doing? Right, exactly. I exactly. Saw you. Exactly. <laughs> so man. And and American culture too is very much centered around individuality, right? So people are not I think culturally like as a society we're not pushed towards being empathetic. When when it comes to things like this, like COVID has shown that people are very individualistic here. And then you have groups of people who really care about keeping other people safe. And then you have people who just could care less and are like, well, my freedoms, like, (laughs) so, so, you know, it's, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where you have to grow, you know, you have to grow out of that. And just to make the point, you can be empathetic and still not be here for the bullshit. You know what I mean? True. Like you can, you know, I've had, I have, I've had a few situations lately like that where I had to understand where a person was coming from and still let them go, mm. you know? And so like trying to find that balance is, I guess, where I'm at these days. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I saw something on Instagram where... Mm-hmm it was from this page and they said, someone said to me, or my therapist said to me, if you have to spend so much time being the bigger person, then you shouldn't be around so many small people. Ooh. Ooh. Right? But it's sad. <laughs> when I saw that, I thought about the, the amount of times my mother has said that to me about, you got to be mm-hmm. the bigger person, Joy, because blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I'm like, 
but why am I wasting so much time around y'all? Like, I do, right. all these things are just happening because I'm clearly seeing a disconnect between us. Like, again, that could be, that's family related. And that's also like people, friends and, you know, school and all that. And I was like, you know what, if I had that quote back then, maybe I would have felt a lot differently growing mm. up versus like seeing that now at my real life age. But yeah, I was like, oh my God, if you have to spend so much time having people tell you to be the bigger person, then you shouldn't be around so many small people. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And sometimes that can be, that's why I said like, you know, when I was speaking about my mom about, you know, sometimes she's compassionate to her detriment. It's, it's this thing of, you can, you can be compassionate. And as a matter of fact, you should be compassionate. But there, but there are going to be situations where some people will use that against you. And as a matter of fact, like how people constantly say you should be the bigger person can be used to harm you because if, because sometimes what they're really saying is lessen yourself so that I can feel better, minimize yourself and your needs so that I can have what I want. And we see we see a lot of that attitude playing out you know a lot of people have been talking about racial stuff police brutality and stuff how many times have black people been told to turn the other cheek mm, or that's the right that's not the right way to protest exactly or that you should be compassionate or that you should understand and and but that understanding is not given to us and so that's where that's where though that's one of those things that can sound good on the surface but when you dig underneath and you see the motivations behind that saying of turning the other cheek or being the bigger person, I mean, there are going to be situations where you should be the bigger person and walk away. And then there are going to be situations where that's going to be used against you. Mm. You know, so again, learning. <laughs> I'm feeling all of this in my spirit. I swear. <laughs> and speaking of spirit, mm -hmm. your spiritual power, the last one, you said that your spiritual ability is to be altruistic. Oh. Right? <laughs> Look at I you. I, I think I I think I try to I think I try to be as much as possible. Like one of the big things for me is I want to support the black community. Like I want to support things like what you're doing. I want to support other creatives as much as I can you know and sometimes that's financially sometimes it's talking about what other people are doing and I feel like by doing that especially especially in this community it pays off like it pays it circulates you know how you let the dollar circulate I think you let compassion circulate too where you know if if I get on a podcast such as this and the things that you're doing, like you're, you're interviewing different people, you're getting other people known and that's helping people. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's important to come from a place of wanting to help people. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep saying I, 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 mm -hmm. but the best thing that I've learned since turning 25 and virtually and in real life 
is that clearly it isn't about I. It's mm-hmm. about we. Yeah. And if I know some bomb people, like amazing people, it's not because obviously I am a Taurus and I'm like, well, I want to keep everybody in my pin and everybody in my in my territory <laughs> and, and gotta catch them all. But <laughs> also, you know, because you all mean so much to me that I don't want anything bad to happen to you like if anybody calls you out of your name I'm like excuse me no 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 I love them don't you say that (laughs) but I want other people to know about y'all too because you all inspire me and I'm just like how where have you been like I was telling like you'll hear it with Takia Takia what (laughs) what you will (laughs) the episode with Shanae we we both kept saying like where have you been my whole life or where have you why were we not known to each other before and I feel that same way with you I'm like oh my god why haven't we known each other our whole lives like it's insane obviously I know but I was just like I want everyone to know you all because you deserve so much recognition so much respect so much of the accolades because you've been out here you've been dealing with so much craziness that I don't know if we got time for like Uh in general that could be a whole nother episode but Uh you've dealt with so much and not just having the trope of being a strong black woman but you've gone through a lot of stuff yeah and I and and not to be like that's your gold but just to be like we've all gone through a lot of stuff but Uh you've made so much of your entire life still trying to think of the word like and I'll say persevering because I feel like I'm saying it wrong, mm-hmm. but you still, you stayed on the path of, I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And you found somebody that loves you and you found someone that actually cares. And then you, you were able to still do the things you want to do in the industry that you want to do it in. And you're still working your way through those things versus like, well, you know what my mama said, or my daddy said, I got to do this and I just got to, you know, suck it mm-hmm. up and whatever because I was on the precipice of that where I was like well my mom and my dad said you know basically I ain't crap or I ain't crap sorry that I am crap and oh no like they didn't say it in those words but they're just like but I know yeah what are you doing yeah it's like dang man like if you if you're seeing all this as a failure I can't wait till I'm successful like I really can't Mm -hmm. wait and right and then you'll be like, well, I, cause this is the black thing too. I believed in her my whole time, my whole life. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I always knew she was going to be successful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I can, I can, I'm gonna have a memoir about all the times you were like, joy, this enjoy that. But I just, I, I feel so much from you that I'm like, if I can have, you know, our crew gutters and grub, like if I can have our crew, y'all are like, the planet tears for me. Oh. I am not gonna cry. <laughs> but if I do, it's okay because I'm not afraid to cry. Mm-hmm. Like you know, earth, wind, fire. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like y'all were that for me, and I didn't realize it so much. Like with our powers combined, we are fucking awesome. Like we are completely. And I'm like, why don't other people see that too? Like I see it. We see it. Like. Mm-hmm. I see so much for us. Why is it that they can't? And it's like, you know what? I had to make sure like, look, I can't be caught up with what they can and can't see. I'm not their mm-hmm. eye doctor. I can't <laughs> worry about what they're seeing right now. They ain't paying me for that. They gonna right. see it though in the future. 
they'll see it in the in the in the months and the years to come they'll see it and we'll just be sitting up you know stacking up the money like you don't know about this like you knew all along right we it was agatha all along (laughs) we knew (laughs) so i'm dating the obviously dating the episode but i mean if you didn't watch wandavision like it's a whole thing you should like (laughs) to to all the to all the wonderful players that are listening if you've never seen wandavision please watch wandavision it's like 20 something minutes yeah everybody in the future 50 years from now watch go back watch wandavision yes Uh, (laughs) but but what you're saying like is true and i just want to make the point you're an inspiration too joy I know you talk about everybody else. No, I'm serious. I'm, and I, let me tell you why. Because, you know, we talk about this before. When you came up to, you and Ting came up to our house for my birthday. Like, oh my God, it was like two years ago now, I think. Oh, child. Two in years. the before time. <laughs> before oh. COVID, in the before time. And remember, we were talking about what it is you wanted to do. Yes. And this was before you had this podcast, before I don't think you had a Twitch yet. I know you had YouTube, but this was before you were doing all the stuff that you're doing now. You were saying everything that you wanted to do. And I told you, you can absolutely do all of those things. And your growth from that time period has been wild, <laughs> like wild. <laughs> you went, you got your own branding, you got your own merch, you started doing charity streams, you started streaming games from independent companies with a focus on marginalized people and I haven't seen every stream that you've done but I've popped into a few that you've done for you know either through other companies or other organizations or whatever and you're doing that and you're doing interviews with people and you're you have your own podcast now and you're growing you know your social media and everything and you said you wanted to do something and then you went and you did it. And that is, you know, something that you should be proud of and pat yourself on the back for it, honestly, because that a lot of people will say they want to do stuff and then don't ever do it for various reasons. I'm not saying that it's all because they're just, you know, they just don't have the character to do it. It's for various reasons, but you did it. Your growth was is has been amazing so far since that time period where you were sitting in my dining room telling me what you wanted to do. And you should be commended for that because that's inspirational too. Thank you. Because I, I remember it. I'm seeing it right now in my head where we were at your at your dining room table. And I'm just like, uh-huh. I, I'm just, I'm seeing it like, wow, I was really sitting there and we were talking. And I knew when we had that conversation, I'm like, you have to be on this show. And you will continue to be on the podcast. But I was just like, oh yeah, always. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, and it's important to let yourself know every once in a while that you did that, you know, and chart your chart your progress because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget, like with everything else that's going on just in life in general. And even, you know, when you're focusing on trying to grow your brand and your career and what it is that you're trying to do, it, you can easily get so caught up, caught up in all of that that you don't ever look at where you came from. And it's important sometimes to do that too and just take a breath and be like, I did a lot, you know, 
pat yourself on the back for it. I'm doing it right now. Y'all, <laughs> like, you can see it. Yeah, I know y'all can't see it, players, but I'm doing that right now because I, it's, and it, what makes all of this successful, like, and I say successful because, like, I'm putting that all, all up in the, in the universe. It truly is about the we. Like, yeah. it really is about us. Like, yeah, I'm happy that I'm doing this stuff, but this would have never been possible without the we. Like, uh-huh. you, Ting, aka Tintastic, like, all of y'all believe in this. And I'm like, if this is what happens, like, I can't even imagine how, what God feels like. Like, uh-huh. just the belief of just being like, yeah, I mean, and whoever anyone, you know, prays to. And if you do that, if you don't, it's totally your preference. But, right. And of course I'm sniffling because I'm feeling so much emotion, but yeah, it's just, this makes it all the worthwhile because the people that have been placed in my life or, you know, that have come into my life. Cause you know, I'm, I'm player one, but like, not really. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a blessing. Cause I I'm doing this and it's so rewarding when it's for all of us and not just, well, I'm out here getting money cause I'm not, but uh-huh. You know, it's it's wonderful, and I'm I'm appreciative that you are one of the people in my life that I can be like, this is all you. And when you need somebody, or if you don't need someone, here it is. Here she is, mm-hmm. right here. <laughs> Bam! I I can refer anybody to y'all because it's it's like you know off the tongue. Like I already know who to go to. I already right. know who to who to refer to and who who to be like. Well, have you seen her yet? I mean, I, I you missed some Instagram posts. You missed some posts, but like, have you seen her yet? Do you know her? Cause she here, she been here. <laughs> what you doing? Right. Oh I love you too, Joy. Ah! Oh <laughs> I love you. I love you so much to get like literally. Oh God. I'm just, <sighs> okay. Let me, let me just breathe. Let me breathe. Let me, let me get myself together. Cause I got somewhere to go. Okay. So now that we went through the most amazing because this was just the intro like realize this was just this was the intro girl this was the intro this wasn't even us going into like anything particular particular but I love this because I want Mm -hmm. the players to be able to know who you are and then of course I sprinkle a little bit of me in there but just mostly I'm like well who are you that's why I introduce you and you know your powers your abilities because it's like well why is this guest player coming into the world of infinity like why do they log in? You know, right. I'm like, well, we're going to learn about you in your words. Cause I can't be out here just talking to you about you. Like that's weird. So we're going to go back to your uh, wonderful form. We can travel to different places. I mean, we are definitely on a online multiplayer server. However, I'm seeing that you wanted to go to a couple places and I see you picked the cafe, the clinic, the mall or the library which out of all those because I mean we can go to them especially in different episodes we could totally come back log back Uh in see stuff where would you want to go to the most the cafe because I'm hungry girl we can (laughs) look why I even ask the question why I even ask foodies for life okay (laughs) all right y'all we're gonna go to the cafe we're gonna dish we're gonna talk we're gonna do more of the things so Uh come to the cafe with us. All right, so we're at the cafe. Oh my God, it's been so long since I've been in a cafe 
right. in general. But to be able to be in a cafe with you, it's like, yay! Like, oh my God, I'm so excited. So and what we I'm doing? happy to be eating out. <laughs> That's what she said, but no. <laughs> I will rein it in. I will rein in the nastiness. Sorry, kids. Sorry, any any players. Um, we haven't, you know, eaten out in a long time. And are we doing, what are we doing? Like, what are we ordering? Like, are we... I am, what do I want? I want crab benedict. Ooh, good. And I want a mimosa. Oh my God. But I want it to be a Hawaiian mimosa. What's a Hawaiian but, mimosa? So instead of orange juice, it's pineapple juice. <gasps> I've never had this. Mm-hmm. Oh and God. I want some sort of pastry. I want, I want a scone. A cranberry orange scone. That's what I want. Oh, you fancy, huh? Uh huh. Are you fancy? Yeah, a little okay. prissy. Excuse me. Add a little bit, you know. <laughs> Love this. Oh my god! Like, thank you. I'm gonna be basic AF and just get like a fruit platter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like because you know my mental, my emotional, my physical health right now, especially with all this quarantine we've been in, mm-hmm. like, I definitely need some more fruits in my life so but normally i would be the millennial to have the avocado toast with salmon like <laughs> for the brunch and have a mimosa so i feel you yeah but i got this i got this um i'm gonna when the waiter when the waiter waitress whoever comes i'll, I'll definitely we'll order we'll put that in and i'll have i'll have a glass of water because again i need to drink more water yeah need to stay hydrated in these mm. kofifi times who are you telling <laughs> oh my god Ooh, but now that we're here at the cafe and as we wait for our order and stuff to come, like, how are you doing? Like, overall, uh, I guess, you know? I'm doing, I'm doing good, I think. I'm doing okay. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously we're in the cafe now, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you know, not being able to be around people and stuff. And I'm not normally a person who needs to be around people like I'm pretty I'm a pretty introverted person but you know after a while you start missing seeing friends face to face and stuff like that so other than that you know I think I'm okay how are you doing pretty good I share that same sentiment 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 you know I'm thinking of etamins <laughs> dang it being a foodie etamins no etamins <laughs> sentiment i feel that way as well where in the beginning this random accent i have were but anyway being around people wasn't really so much of a priority for mm-hmm. me when things were quote-unquote normal but now i do miss being around specific people right which specific you know specific people my top eight from myspace i miss y'all <laughs> I missed you. I missed your man. I, I missed so many of my friends, like my best friends. You know, mm-hmm. we not to say that when things were normal, we were hanging out all the time, but it was nice to have that option of, hey, let's for real put together a plan and try to make it work versus, girl, you gonna catch this Kofefe virus? Like, mm, mm-hmm. I, mm, I don't want the last time we hang out to be goodbye. Like, I Right, right. Because <laughs> our bodies, our immune systems, everything's different mm-hmm. and I am someone that does have an autoimmune firewall I don't know how to say that in a video game <laughs> autoimmune disease like right having multiple sclerosis it's like 
you know, my antibodies are none, like null and void, which I didn't figure that out until, you know, your, your neurologist is like, oh, this is the medication you're on and you ain't got no antibodies, girl. Like, oh, snap. So, you know, and I feel like by the time this comes out, I'll probably have said, you know, that I did have the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. I got it. And I, and I mentioned it to y'all because y'all were really the first people I told. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to, I, I mean, obviously I told my, my grandma and I told my mom, but after that, I was like, well, I got to tell y'all. Like, I, I, I feel like you are my family and I want to make sure that you know that yeah. besides the fact that this, and obviously we're still in it, but the COVID, like we see all of the horrible things that are happening. Like there's people that are still long-term suffering from it. Uh-huh. But I was like, hey, at least if you do know someone, like, it's me. And I'm not trying to be afraid or to give, cause people, you know, terror. Like, oh, my God. But I'm grateful that, like, me having it, the worst of it has gone. Like, I don't feel anything anymore. I tested negative for it later. Like, I, I feel fine. But that don't mean a chick wants to have it again. Like, right. I'm right. not going outside to catch it again. Right. <laughs> so, no, I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. I don't know. It's It's been kind of a weird year, I guess, because I don't think any of us have, at least in our lifetimes, have had to deal with anything like this. I feel like we've come close. It, like, if you look back, there were times where, like, there were breakouts of things in other countries, but it just never made it here. And frankly, America has not handled it well. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, not at so all. So it's, it's been a weird year. A lot of things, you know, I feel like we're at a point now where we can kind of try to start looking forward. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest yeah. things that I am so grateful for, and I definitely want your opinion on this as well, mm-hmm. is that I've noticed during this lockdown, the quarantine, all of this, is this has truly been the best year of my life like in terms of everything I want to do and not to say f work forever but like not working really was in my advantage yeah and it made me look at other people who are complaining and being like oh my god I'm so bored oh my god this this lockdown's forever I'm like Uh you just didn't have enough hobbies at this point. Like (laughs) you can watch all the Netflix in the world, but you could be spending this time reading. You can be improving your health. You could be, I mean, we have the internet. Like how are you this bored? Like what are you doing? And like, (laughs) I'm blessed to say I'm still a whole year in, I'm still not bored. Like this is lit for me. (laughs) But I'm, I'm sad because I don't have the ability to draw. Like, I don't have the ability mm-hmm. to create like how you do. So I'm like, how do the finer people live? Like, wh- what has been your whole experience about that? So I freelance and stuff. So as far as working goes, it hasn't been much different for me because I, I've been doing what I would have been doing. The difference is, you know, I... You know, there, there might have been some jobs where I would have gone to, you know, like to New York or whatever to be on site. But like, 
you know, for the most part, my job can already be done remotely. And so it kind of just was the same. What was different, I think, was like, I started trying to make more time to create for myself. And that's kind of where I am at this point where, you know, I kind of want to be creating for myself more. And I think COVID kind of, in a way, afforded me the opportunity to do that because everybody else's schedules had to be tweaked. It allowed me a little bit more freedom and a little bit more flexibility in what I'm able to do. So as far as like creatively, yeah, I feel like it's gotten me to a point where I can, you know, kind of move and do things for myself a little bit more. But it, you know, it also, it also teaches, it also teaches you a lot. You know, when you're not on the move all the time, especially if, especially if you're a person who works in New York, like mm -hmm. you constantly, constantly moving, constantly moving. And I feel like COVID kind of just made people slow down and makes you slow down and start to, to think about things that you might not have thought about before. So, but other than that, work-wise, it hasn't been much different for me. Okay. Yeah. Have you picked up any new things? I mean, it's, for me, it's about to be my COVID anniversary of <laughs> our lock, I should say lockdown anniversary mm -hmm. coming up. Yeah. Have you done anything to, I guess, I say that because I was talking to my baby last night and I was just like, hmm. we are not the same people we were last year. Like, yeah. Through this COVID and the lockdown, like I am not the same joy I was last March. Like, have you, and I've, I have done significant improvements, like upgrades to myself during this whole year, but like, have you done anything personally that you're just like, cause I'll share mine, but I'm just saying like, have you mm -hmm. done anything? Focused on my health a little bit more because there were things health-wise that I needed to take care of that, you know, and <laughs> it's ironic that I'm taking care of the health stuff during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that crazy? Right. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of things health-wise that I needed to take care of. And, you know, because of my husband being diagnosed with a chronic illness mm. and focusing on what he was going through, you know, I'm only just now able to like bring it back and kind of focus on myself now that I feel like he's kind of in a more stable place. And so I've been focusing a lot on that. Uh, one thing that has been personally is like, I've always had back issues, which is exacerbated by the fact that I draw. So like right now, like even my shoulder and stuff, you know, I've had issues with that. So I've been going to the doctor and working on that, doing, you know, a lot of physical therapy and stuff like that. As far as creatively, I feel like I've, taught myself a lot more about the business side of things like I've been I've been more these days more about agreements and licensing and all like teaching myself about different things that I think during you know before the pandemic it was just about kind of just getting work and now I'm starting to think more about how do I get work but also make it make sense make it you know, more sustainable for me. And I'm still learning in that area, but I think that's where I'm at now. And COVID kind of 
gave me the time to think about those things. I appreciate that because yeah. people have spent more time being like, I'm so bored and I don't know anything and da 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 da. I'm like, well, you could have learned stuff mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, I don't want to say there's no excuse because heaven only knows what situation you're in, what your mm-hmm. environment is like. And, you know, there are people that are trapped in their own homes. There are people that are trapped in their own situations and stuff. So I don't want to be like, you have no excuse. But also, if you have time to complain on the internet to your friends about how stuff sucks, I'm like, you you could do something different. Mm-hmm. You can make it to a positive, you know? Right. One of my greatest, I say, it's not even mine, it's because of Bibi, but one of the best things I am so proud of myself for is the fact that I floss every night. <laughs> I, I, like in this order, mm-hmm. I mouthwash, I floss, and I brush, which I've never done in my entire life. I just was <laughs> like, and, and I haven't seen a dentist since 2016. So we, we, mm-hmm. ooh, girl. I mean, I yeah. should say, I haven't seen a dentist since I was on my father's insurance. Let's go right. there. <laughs> but I was like, anytime I went to the dentist, they're like, Joy, your brushing is amazing, but you're flossing, girl. And then my yeah. dad, he would say, like, you need to floss. But again, see, you need to do 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 do. You have to make it approachable for me to be like, well, why do I want you though? And when, you know, I think he said, somebody said something about like health disease, a heart disease and things like that. And you get the stuff in your teeth and this and that. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Bleh, heart disease. Uh-huh. But I noticed that Bibi does those things. Like she did those habits before bed. She would always brush her teeth and stuff. I'm like, oh, she always has like a fresh breath before going to bed. Like, that's cool. Oh. That's, that's, <laughs> that's respectable. Like she respects my mouth and her mouth and her and my nose. <laughs> So that she don't have stank breath before she go to sleep. That's cute. But I never I just like anything. that phrase, she respects my mouth. That she respects my mouth. <laughs> That'd be like, when I give her a goodnight kiss, it's not like right. nasty. Mm-hmm. But then she was like, do you know the amount of stuff that's in your teeth? And then you go to bed with that in your mouth? And I was like, no, I don't. I, and I don't care. But then I did. When <laughs> I lost, mm-hmm. I was like, dear God. I am giving the bacteria in my mouth a whole gosh darn buffet. <laughs> what is this foolishness? They're in the cafe of your mouth. Oh my God. Yes, they were. And I was like, wait a minute now. And you know me, I love, I, we love, like I'm eating raisinets. I'm eating ice cream mm-hmm. before bed. I'm oh eating cake, yes. all sorts, you know, dinner. Like mm-hmm. I flossed out the amount of meat particles, cake and ice cream stuff. I was like, oh, this was, yeah. this was in my mouth. <laughs> And then I wouldn't brush my teeth until the next morning. What? So my favorite thing was like after her birthday, which, you know, we, we have this, we have the, we have our birthdays in the same month. So mm-hmm. after her birthday, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. It wasn't this routine I just said before. They had brushed, flossed and mouthwashed first. And now I reversed it where I'm like, I'm doing the mouthwash and then the flossing and then the brushing last. Mm-hmm. And I've done that since her birthday. And I'm like, and I haven't let up. Like, there's a lot of things I let fall to the wayside because I wasn't exercising the whole quarantine either. That, like dental hygiene, mm-hmm. I am the most proud of. <laughs> yeah. 
And exercise is another one that I need to do. I, I just don't. <laughs> I just I, don't. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like, I literally, I'm wearing this Apple watch. And mm-hmm. this is the watch of Apple. I'm not sponsored by them. But I'm wearing this watch. And I didn't, I didn't exercise at all during quarantine. And I really let my body kind of, like, wilter away. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't developing any muscles. I wasn't going outside. Wasn't getting any type of vitamin D. I'm suffering from it now because I got to take vitamin D pills and all the the biotin and the B complex and all that stuff yeah. I'm doing. I'm on right now. Then January hit and I was like, all right, girl, Joy, you need to move. So then I started exercising and you know doing Dance Dance Revolution and like stretching and stuff. And February I kind of got lax about it. So March I'm like, look, I need to be up on it too. So don't blame yourself. Yeah, I definitely got to do it more though. Like sometimes. I get out of bed and I'm like, oh my God, I am the stiffest I've ever been. Like I am, I I might as well be a piece of wood. Mm. And like, well, you got to (laughs) stretch. You got to stretch. And also because it's just good for, you know, what I do. Like I've been told that because I'm always positioned a certain way, because I draw it, you know, it kind of exacerbates what's going on with me as far as like my neck and my shoulder because and my back because I've had that problem for a long time so now you know like I said like COVID it's making you pay attention to things that normally you just just you're just going you're just routine and you're just going and now you have to actually stop and pay attention to certain things and I am grateful like obviously I'm not grateful for the lives that COVID has destroyed. Yeah, I'm not grateful for yeah. any of that, mm-hmm. but I am grateful for the time that it did allow us to really sit in our own situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed that I do have people like you in my life where it's not like we're all negative Nancy's and being like, oh, this sucks and da da da, and I can't believe it. Cause it, it affected us all and yeah. it continues to still affect us, but you know, at least like you said, we had, we've had the clarity to be like, all right, look, what is really going on with me in my health? Mm-hmm. What is going on with me in my job, like, or my career? And, you know, you took the time to actually, like, I feel that way too, with the agreements and stuff, mm-hmm. because being on Twitch, which uh, Twitch affiliate, there was that whole summer last year where I had a wonderful person. I didn't have her do anything. She did it on her own volition, but mm-hmm. she went through the twitch contracts with us like oh, nice on her stream like the twitch affiliate contract and being like this is what y'all signed up for like obviously you know the whole goal is to you know you make affiliate and you make partner and then you know twitch mm-hmm. oh, everyone's so happy but she's like do y'all really know what y'all signed up for like did you read it mm-hmm. and i was like girl no <laughs> you know i didn't read that thing i i just i just went through it mm-hmm. and then i signed up put my whole government name on everything and called it a day like i didn't She's like, this is what you signed up for. Like, this is the amount of money that you're not getting versus, mm-hmm. you know, if you were just by yourself and all this other stuff. And I was like, wow, thank God that she took the time to go through those agreements. So I applaud you for going through those, those, you know, your agreements and your contracts and things like that. Because, yeah, you, we, if we didn't learn anything from 2020, we all need our money. Like, yeah, yeah. And also going through, you know, we talk a lot about like, systemic things like gamers you know gamers who people of color who are gamers for example in this community and a lot of the the stuff 
that we talk about that like discrimination and oppression and stuff, all of that kind of sometimes lies in those agreements. And they're not gonna outright like do that, but just in the way things are structured, it results in these things that we talk about. And that's why it's important to read the agreements because sometimes it's, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten agreements that have asked me to give up certain things that it's like, why would you ever, you know, ask me to do this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had to come back and say, I'm not willing to do that. Please change it. And if they don't want to change it, then I've got to walk away because, and there have been agreements that I've entered into where it seemed you fine at first, but then during the, the project or whatever, it really wasn't fine. And I had to take that, that knowledge and that experience into the next thing. So a lot of things that we talk about in our respective industries can be found exactly in those agreements. And you'll start seeing why things are the way that they are when you start reading those agreements. Mm. Yeah. Because my main thing too was when it comes to being a black creative, a content creator of any media, what I'm learning is just like, obviously there are people of certain ethnicities or certain melanin deficient people that get way more perks and way more Mm -hmm. things, exposure and stuff versus the black creatives in which we are putting the ideas out there and it's like we're getting one fortieth of the of the actual credit and monetary things that we actually do deserve versus someone that like took the idea from us and they changed one thing, they changed the name and they're getting buku bucks over here. Oh yeah, 100%. 100 percent like and and you see that you see that on like tiktok with like what was that thing where there was that black girl who came up with the dance and the white girl started doing it and didn't give her any credit for it that renegade thing is that what it was i just remember it was a dance and a white girl was doing it and she didn't give this black girl any credit and then people found out that the black girls who originally came up with it and they were like what are you doing? Like, how are you just doing this dance and you're acting like you invented it? And I was like, ain't that the story of our life? Mm. <laughs> hmm. But so that's why that's why I've started becoming more, more focused on, you know, copyright and stuff. Like, how do you retain? Because one thing, one thing in the illustration community, kind of in general, is it's very skewed against you. The most powerful thing that an illustrator has is the copyright over the work that they do. So like, if you hire me to do something, if you hire me to draw you, do an illustration of you or something, if you hire me to do an illustration for you that you then maybe want to put on a shirt or sell as prints and stuff like that. This is where licensing comes in because if you hire me to do something for you, unless you give me a work for hire agreement, I own what I did for you. Mm-hmm. automatically because I made it and what happens though is a lot of us we get work for hire agreements and sometimes it's fine but sometimes it's really not because the amount of money that people are paying you versus what they're about to do with the thing that you created right and so you know you do an illustration for a hundred bucks or something and if someone turns around and puts it on a shirt 
puts it on a freaking bunch box. I don't know. Puts it on and <laughs> puts it on all this merch or sells prints or whatever. They the amount the amount of money that you that you got paid is not on the level of what they're about to do with it. And you know, a lot in, in in terms of art and in terms of illustration when it comes to artists, it goes back to that thing that you were talking that we were talking about earlier about kind of, you know, when you were saying turn the other cheek or when we were talking about like kind of being told certain things to devalue you and what mm -hmm. you want. That happens to illustrators all the time where we don't think that we should be able to ask for more because we just because I don't know if it comes from this thing of like we just do what we do like we just know how to do it and we enjoy doing it so maybe we don't expect to get paid more for it or I feel like it comes down to this thing of like oh you're being selfish if you ask for more and hmm. you know and 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 during you know like how we were talking about with COVID that's very detrimental to you financially to think like that like your insecurity can cost you money yeah <laughs> yeah no hardcore and yeah. I, I feel that way in terms of like if because I thought when you were saying that uh -huh. like yeah if you if you did the design and you know why the first thing of course I'm thinking about the shirt that you created stop killing us uh -huh. that I love and I'm like well obviously if that's going on shirts and stuff you should be getting the revenue from all of that like no matter who like if you did I would personally feel like if someone bought that design off of you but not like yeah they they might have bought it but I feel like the artist the illustrator they should be getting either residual or like half or whatever that comes from that image right. no matter what right and that's, that's where royalties yeah yeah and that's where royalties come in but sometimes what happens is you get a work for hire contract which means essentially that you're selling your copyright so so whatever you create once they pay you it belongs to them and so they don't have to give you royal unless you unless you can have royalties in your agreement but unless you but if you don't you just sold it for what you sold it for the the flip side of this too though is that and this is, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about and is a little bit of a struggle. When you talk about indie, I love indie. Indie to me is the most creative of, and, I, and specifically I'm talking about indie comics, is the most creative industry or field that I have done work in. But it's, but it's difficult because it can't pay you what you need to live a lot of the time and it's you know it becomes this thing of like how do you price so that you can work on these things but also be able to live and so then you know I've heard of I've heard of artists doing like three books at a time and I'm like how are you doing it <laughs> how are you doing it like people who have to you know almost kill themselves drawing just to just to make it and what you get told is oh that's the grind like if you're not if you're not grinding then you're lazy you're you you just don't want to work hard you don't want success you don't like no I just don't want to die at the art table <laughs> I'm pointing 
that part because that literally happened to me. I had mm-hmm. that conversation recently over and over again where when I said my parents think I'm crap, mm-hmm. that was the main topic. Well, that you weren't working hard enough? I'm not working. I'm not, I don't have three jobs. So, you know, why is it that, you know, you're at this age now, not, not the virtual age, but my real age, you're at this age now, you know, you, why don't you have your life together? Why aren't you doing these things? And my dad was like, well, you have all this college debt. It's been such amount of time since you've been out of college. Why isn't this paid off yet? That is ridiculous. Like, do you you, know what student loan debt is like? Are you kidding me? In the private loans, he's the co-signer. So I'm like, (laughs) bruh, why aren't you helping me? Like, (laughs) dude, like I'm paying all this by myself and I I don't want to make it about me, but I feel you on such a visceral level Uh about the whole, and I've had that talk before where it's like, well, you don't, you think like you can just, do things the easy way and you know you don't want to work hard you don't want to take all these jobs and you know you had opportunities to make money but you don't want to do this because da 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 I'm like like you said I don't want to die from being stressed out over whatever it is that this person may want or may not <laughs> want and I, I I've gone through corporate America like that junk sucks like not to be obviously working sucks but at the same time, we've dealt with so many situations where I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill myself over that. Like, yeah. I, I, I have, I have morals, and you know, I know how to work. But at the same time, my value isn't just because I know how to work. Right, and but but that's what that's what we've been trained to attach our value to, mm-hmm. is what you're able to produce. You have no value if you're not producing, and if you're not killing yourself to produce. And it, it and, I, and I'm sure for a lot of illustrators, it was very hard, especially if you're freelance, you know, and especially without cons. Yeah, it's a big, yeah. big source of income gone just from that. Yeah, big source of income for a lot of people. And, and I will say this, the community has been awesome because the way that they have flipped that and started doing cons virtually, and it was relatively quick. They were like, oh, we're not about to, like, you know, uh, Seattle dropped and when all these cons were dropping, San Diego and all these New York and all these bigger cons, uh, when COVID first kind of became, you know, really, really bad, like back in March or whatever, last March, you know, it was difficult for a lot of people. You would see a lot of people talking about it. Like that was a huge loss to their income. But then the way the community like bounced back and, just started like okay so we'll just do it virtually we'll do zoom we'll do this we'll get people's names out there and like the 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 way that they have rallied around each other is amazing and that is one of the things that i love to death about this community and 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 in particular indie comics and in particular black indie comics because the way the way that people have rallied around each other during such a difficult time is awesome like absolutely awesome Oh yeah. So I've, I've said that too, in terms yeah. of the adaptability, mm-hmm. especially yeah. of, you know, independent creators, small businesses, like that's something that we should have definitely learned during this whole COVID situation. Yeah. People are like, but what about, and I'm like, 
Well, obviously, Target's still going to keep going. Target's mm-hmm. still, Amazon's kicking. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we had to learn to adapt. And it's either adapt or die. And mm-hmm. I love that. When things were virtual, I'm like, I am happily willing to shell out my money for you, for any of us out here, yeah. especially Black indie comics, and even mm-hmm. shout out to anyone comics. Like, yeah, that man, the owner of anyone comics, mm-hmm. Demetrius, mm-hmm. bike ride it to my house. <laughs> He rode his, the owner of the store. I mean, <laughs> I, before that, he did have a runner, like a, a bike runner. And he was awesome. I tipped him handsomely. But the man who owns the store, like you, ne- I've never seen the owner of a store. <laughs> Pull up on a bike. Basically <laughs> do manual labor to the customer. Not to be like, he's right. on some bougie bougie. But I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, are you going to do that for real? Like, you know where I live, right? It, it's across town. Like, it's across, yeah. across. He was like, no, nah, since I got you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he showed up yeah. on a bike yeah. with a stack full of comics. I'm like, sir, <laughs> what you, need? <laughs> you need some snacks? You need some treats? You need a beer? Like, what you got? We got we got some restaurants downtown. Like, right. what you need? I got you, mm-hmm. sir. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. If anything, I go to Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. I, I'll, I'll, go get a, I'll get a donut. I'll get some coffee or whatever. I'm like, sir, like, this COVID really brought a lot out of all of us. And I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that you took the time out of your day to leave mm-hmm. your store, to take a bike ride across town in this quarantine to make sure yeah. my black self had some comic books to read. Thank you. Right. Right. Thank and that's, that's, that's community. That's community. Cause he didn't have mm-hmm. to offer that service. I know like looking at his website, that was a service that, that he was offering and he didn't have to do that, but that's that's a person that cares about his customers and cares about keeping the community going. And I know when he first started the store, that that was like the mission of the store was community. That was the basis of why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So I will say that that is one huge positive that has come out of all of this is it showed the ability of people to just, you know, rally together and and that is that is the strongest thing about you know indie comics and the indie community in general is you know everyone helps each other and you know the strength that people show towards each other and the love and compassion again since i guess that's the theme of this yes. <laughs> this this episode is you know amazing more so than the nonsense that has been going on outside of it it's your it's your abilities, your powers of taking <laughs> over the entire episode. I love it. The whole theme. <laughs> Let your powers shine bright, like a diamond. Clearly, Rihanna, right. if you ever hear this. <laughs> 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 but that, and that was something too. Even just being just on your own path of like, I know what I'm doing. Like this was the time. Uh-huh. If you had any creative prospects, projects. If you had anything creative to do and you thought, because I thought, you know, in the 10 years, decade I've been working in corporate America, just working in general, I always had the thought because F jobs. If I had the time, if I had a year to just do whatever I wanted and didn't have to worry about money, what would I do? And this was the answer. Like, thank God for unemployment. Like, Uh but yeah. Yeah. For real, 
this was the time to be like, well, what would I be doing right now? Like, of course, I haven't played every video game I own. Mm-hmm. I haven't read every book I own. haven't watched mm-hmm. everything on Netflix. But just being able to tap into this potential of like, wow, I can just do whatever I want today. And I don't have to worry about this manager, or this this mm-hmm. lead or this coworker. You know, right. I ain't got to see your face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. And that's a good thing because, you know, you've been able to grow. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You've been able to grow. I think there are, you know, people too during, during the pandemic who didn't do those things, but, you know, who didn't do those things because it was difficult for them. Like the job loss kind of devastated them and maybe depression and everything was a bit on the rise Mm. when COVID happened because people were losing their jobs and like they didn't you know they were like I don't feel like writing a book (laughs) like I don't like I I don't know I don't know how I'm gonna pay my rent last next month or whatever so you know and that stress can be can be really difficult on people too so I mean I'm hoping that this year there will be kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel but even more than that that the lessons that we've learned from last year as far as who we can be and how great we can be will carry over into this year and beyond this year. I agree. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> it's time to get into these questions. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> so before you logged into the world of infinity, mm-hmm. I sent you a sign up form or a registration form. That's what it was. And it is. Yeah. And I asked you your level of difficulty. You chose intermediate. Yes. Are you ready for these questions? I am ready for these questions. So excited. (laughs) So. I wish people could see your face right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're not bad. They're not evil. I'm just so happy to ask you questions. I know. Like I wasn't asking you questions this entire time. (laughs) Duh. Question number one. What is your passion? Well, my passion has always been storytelling, whether that's writing or illustrating, which is also a form of storytelling. Yeah, that's been my passion since I was like five years old. Ooh, okay. <laughs> is there any type of, so this is a, this is a follow-up question to that. Mm-hmm. When you said five, that's, that's a young age to just be inspired and find a passion, which mm-hmm. again, we're, we are melanin blessed. So we are magic, but what was the thing that you saw at five that you were like, I got to do that more? So I can tell you the exact moment I remember when I started drawing. I had this, like, it was like a Looney Tunes, I think, coloring book. And I used to color in it all the time. And then I remember, I want to like draw these characters, but I don't know how. So I started tracing them. And then I was like, I can just draw them. And then I started drawing them. (laughs) And then after that, it was like all the things that I told you before, my cousin showing me different things. Like I just realized, I don't know, it's something when you do it for the first time, it's just something that goes off in you. That's like, I wanna do this forever. And then, you know, after that, it was just people, different people influencing me, putting things in my face to influence me you know I started asking for for art supplies for my parents and 
they would get it for me. And my cousins, like I told you, would always have anime or some video game or something or comic for me to read. And after that, it was just like, oh, like I can really actually be doing this. And I just kept doing it. And it's not, I know people like to say like, it's, it's talent. And I think there's something to be said about people who have just a knack for things. But more than that, it's you just love a thing so much that you keep doing it all day, every day until you get good at it. Mm. Yeah. I have another follow-up question. Okay. Do you still talk to your cousins? That? Yeah. I mean, because that could have been a good or bad question. Like, Oh God, like mm-hmm. I don't talk to them, mother, but da, 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 da. so <laughs> like, do you still, do you still connect with them? Like, do you, cause I barely speak to my family members. So I'm like, mm-hmm. do you talk to them and stuff? Like you're still inspired and yeah, I still, I still talk to them. There are, so there were four, there were four of them. Two of them. I don't talk to as much, but I will see them at family stuff. Mm. And one of them is getting married next year. And Aww. I talked to him, I talked to him you know, maybe a few times every few months or whatever. And the youngest of them, the last time I haven't seen him in a while, but he does, but he does like MMA kind of fighting, not like MMA, not like he's in MMA, but you know what I mean? Like he on a, I guess that. like on a, yeah, on a smaller level. And uh, I went to one of, I went to a few of his fights actually, and it was wow. cool. So yeah, we still, we still talk. Nice. We still talk. And they're still all into the same stuff. <laughs> oh, good, good. Because I was like, you know, who knows if that's yeah. something. Because I, I noticed when you said that, like, you did light up. Obviously, y'all mm-hmm. can't, as players, y'all can't see it. But I'm just like, you lit up. Like, these are the people, like, the men that inspired, you know, that mm-hmm. helped me. So I'm like, oh, like, I hope that's still that's still happening yeah. in your life. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number two. Mm-hmm. What does your culture mean to you? It means food first and foremost, because, (laughs) so my, my mom is from the South. She's from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So, and my dad is from St. Thomas. So I get, (laughs) wow. (laughs) So now you see why I love to eat, right? Because I was surrounded by good food all day, every day. (laughs) Wow. And you're like this big, like you, (laughs) as a skinny mini saying that to you, I'm just like, we are some some small people small ladies wow exactly exactly so and that's also how I learned how to cook and I will not be shy about this I am a pretty good cook you You can throw it down like the rest of them and better (laughs) exactly yeah secret seasonings it means a lot to me because you know my mom being from from the south she was, my mom, my mom started cooking as soon as she could see over the stove. My mom has 12, I think, brothers and sisters. Had 12, and she was like helping to feed them. <laughs> like, so this was back when I told, I remember I told my mom, we were talking one day, I was like, I don't know how they did it back then, man. Just babies, one after the other. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine the amount of trauma the fallopian right. tubes <laughs> went through jesus oh my gosh but um yeah she started cooking it so that was what her mom my grandmother 
Cedric, as soon as you can see over the stove, you're going to start cooking. You're going to start learning how to cook. And so my mom was always a good cook. And then my dad, you know, I would go to St. Thomas over the summer and we would spend, there were times when we would spend the whole summer there. And my grandmother was like, oh my God, she was baking everything from scratch. And then you had, you know, we had like red pea soup and oxtails and curry goat and just let me eat this um, oh sweet bread and like mobby she used to make this drink called mobby that she would make she just oh my god it was just so so good she was growing stuff like in her backyard and stuff like that and it was just you know so all of those things culturally like really influenced me and in all honesty kind of helped me to know who I am because one thing about us is like due to historical things a lot of time we don't really exactly know where we come from mm-hmm. like like my mom for example yes she's from the south but that's kind of where it ends she doesn't know beyond that you know and so and obviously nowadays like you can kind of find out you can do things to find out but it gave me kind of a sense of who I am basically and who I need to be so yeah that's what my culture needs to be that is excellent oh my god <laughs> oh my goodness okay wow because I, I feel that too in my yeah. soul I feel that so thank you thank you question <laughs> questions see I'm telling you these questions yeah <laughs> this is intermediate mode could you imagine the hard questions like could you imagine hard anyway I know question number three which mm-hmm. you know I'm I am definitely curious about this one because it could go one way, but maybe not. Who inspired you to be the way that you are other than yourself? So I already spoke about, you know, my cousins and stuff kind of influencing me creatively. I think my grandmother was on my dad's side was a big influence. I never met my grandparents on my mom's side. They passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. But on my dad's side, my grandmother is very, very tough. I mean, she's, you know, a woman from the Caribbean and she just was like she's a very tough woman she she had to raise two kids pretty much on her own and she she had to be tough at a time where you know it was I mean it was it's always been hard for women but it was at a time with her where it was like you know very different society and culture and stuff like that and my grandmother, like St. Thomas is a very small island. And so everybody kind of knows everybody. And what I learned after she passed away was that there's a neighboring island called Totola. And what I learned was that at the time there were people who wanted to come over who needed to be sponsored by someone in the islands. And I learned that she was kind of helped people in that way because she was my grandmother she was a nurse and so everybody kind of on the island knew her everybody would come across her at some point and I started learning as she passed away just how many people she helped there were people who when they found out that she passed away they would call up my aunt and they were like yeah back in the day she helped me with this and she helped me with that and she never spoke about any of these things like all of these people that she helped 
And we, did, we didn't even learn about it until she passed away because my, that's how she was. That's how my granny was. She was very like, she would just do things and not expect anything in return. And people, and by virtue of her doing things and just doing them because they were the right thing, that it was the right thing to do, a lot of people wanted to help her. When we would go to St. Thomas back when I was like a teenager, she did not drive. <laughs> Wow. And but no matter where we were on the island, she could get a ride. Like, <laughs> like no matter where we were, because people would see her like, oh, you need a ride back home. Oh, you need a ride downtown. Oh, you need a ride. And every and it 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 was wild to me. Like my grandmother walked everywhere. She walked everywhere. I remember being younger and like she she could outpace me <laughs> like she mm. walked everywhere and then like no matter where we would go I would go out with her like she would go to the post office we would go get groceries we would go to the mall there we would go to different places and I would go with her in the morning to run her errands and no matter where we were she could always get a ride back home because everybody knew her and loved her because she was always so helpful for, to people but she was also like a very stern woman she was very much about you respect your elders, you work, you, you know, you do the work that you're supposed to do, you respect other people. And so like a lot of, you know, I think my thought process about a lot of things or how I feel about a lot of things came from her. I'm seeing the origin of your ability. <laughs> my origin story? Your origin story, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. That's wonderful. Like, oh my God, yeah. see? Yeah. Oh, ooh. I love learning more about you. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just, this is, oh my gosh. Wow. Shout out to granny. Yeah. Shout out to granny. You know, may her soul yeah. rest in peace. Like yes. mm, granny, thank you. Yeah. For having children that have children <laughs> so that I can know one of your children's children. Like, right. <laughs> thank you. Oh my God. See? What look. a way to put it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the most. I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what like, happened. Thank goodness they, they, they got <laughs> together and then they made babies, they made babies, and it's like, bam. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, and I know this is a, an expression, but I'm sure she's down smiling on you being like, look, that's my baby. That's my child right there. She's doing the, she's doing the world of service and, you know, she may not know it yet, but I can see it. Like I can, I, obviously that's a horrible horrible impression. <laughs> impression of your granny that I've never met or ever heard but I'm like that's my grandbaby I, I, I don't think Thomas accent sounds like right without stereotypically stereotypically <laughs> mashing it up but just saying she's very proud of you like this is this is the product of me being mm -hmm. stern but also being loving and altruistic and kind right. question number four what's a bad trait of yours that you want to defend? Oh, ooh. Remember how you talked about questions that make you go, ooh? I can be impatient and mm -hmm. I can be a bit of a know-it-all, but it's not, it's not because, I think it comes off like I think I know everything, but it's because I'm so interested in everything. So, like, I always want to talk about something that I just learned. And, <laughs> and I've been like that since I was a kid. And so I think sometimes it could come off like, I think 
I know everything. Although, I'll be honest, I'm usually pretty confident in what it is that I'm saying. So, I don't know. I feel like that's something that's something to work on. Just because I said in the wording, a bad trait. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but I was like, people, I, well, you didn't, you never came off to me as a know-it-all, so you're doing mm-hmm. good, kid. But <laughs> you're doing well for me. I mean, I, I definitely pick up on a lot of people's bad <laughs> habits and yeah, that was never, and I, I was curious of what you would say, because I'm like, that never came off to me. Really? Never. Um, I look to you to say the things that I didn't know. And if anything, you already knew, like you come off as you already have the experience. So why would I not trust you? Like with what you're talking trust about? Trust me, that everybody feels that way about me. Mm, okay. <laughs> that everybody feels that way. Yeah, I think, I think a big one would be the impatience thing because mm. I can, like Robbie calls me Mrs. Right Now. Like, <laughs> don't let don't let Bibi know that. Don't let her know that <laughs> nickname for me. Oh shoot. Okay. Wow. It's like you always want it right now because he's very like. So he's I'm more like I gotta do I gotta do I gotta do and he's more laid back, and sometimes those two personalities <laughs> can clash a little bit because I'm like, why is it taking you so long to do this thing? And he's like, does it need to be done right this minute? And Sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm not right. Like sometimes I just want it done because I just want it done. And sometimes it really doesn't need to be done in this moment. Like you might have other things to do, but then sometimes it's like, you take a way too long to do this thing that could have been done six months ago. Like, <laughs> so, so that's one of the things. Also, I've been told I always think I'm right, but. I mean, if you, right I mean, if, I don't know. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do? Because I most do too. Times, most times I think I'm right. Mm. I'll be honest, most times I think I'm right. Because... And most times you are right. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, yeah. I don't have a problem, like, talking about the shortcomings because I feel like your shortcomings are also your strengths. You know what I mean? Of course. That's like, why I... That's why I phrased yeah. it like this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Defend it, not because it's a bad trait, because, you know, my mm-hmm. whole life, I'm like, well, you, I've been told, you you are like this, you're like this, you're like this. But I'm like, but there's reasons for this, though. Right, okay, yeah. So, like, so on that note, like, one of the things is I've been told that I'm too blunt, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Hmm. I don't think that that's a bad thing to tell people exactly how you feel when you feel it. Because what I find often happens is, so one of my biggest pet peeves is passive aggressiveness. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. When people are passive aggressive towards me, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And I try not to show it, but it makes me feel like you're being cowardly. And I would rather you just say what you mean. And that's how I've always been. I would rather tell you exactly how I feel than for you to have to guess later and we have some miscommunication because of it. And, you know, I, so I've been told that I'm that I'm blunt, but that's, I mean, you should want more honesty in your life, I feel. As a, as a recovering passive aggressive person, 
Mm-hmm. I'm getting out of that as yeah. well because I was cowardly. Like I, mm-hmm. but, and I was cowardly because, and I, I feel like obviously I'm explaining it for reasons, obviously on this podcast, right. but when it came to my upbringing, there wasn't any type of conflict back and forthness. It's I'm right. Shut up. Don't say nothing. And the mm-hmm. only way I can get any type of feeling out was to passively aggressively say it where I still can mm-hmm. say what I want, but like don't get in trouble by my parents or gotcha. don't get yelled at. So I've mm-hmm. learned to like speak sarcastically. And at mm-hmm. first I thought it was a strength, but then I am realizing when I was like 20-ish and being in jobs and stuff, no one's getting the jokes. No one's understanding what I'm saying by passively aggressively speaking this way. Right. People don't take me seriously if I'm saying it and they're like, well, just say what you mean. And I'm like, why don't I just say what I mean? So yeah. I'm recovering from doing all that to be like, mm-hmm. I do need to speak more bluntly because I am with someone who mm-hmm. is blunt AF. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, I couldn't understand it because I'm like, you, because when it comes off as blunt, it sounds like no feeling, no emotion. Just I say what I said. And it comes off so harsh. But now I'm like, yeah. I get it. And I, I would rather, like you said, be just straight up and just say the thing and waste less time and just no mm-hmm. misunderstandings. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of it for me is that I come from, you know, like I said, my grandmother was a very stern person. She was blunt all day. And you kind of just become, you don't see bluntness in the same way that other people see it. Like you don't see it as rude. You see it as honest. And you know, it's it's one of those things where I just kind of picked up, like, I would rather tell you how I feel and be honest about it than for you to have to guess later. But one thing that I would do that I think have, I've since kind of dialed back on is I would say what I felt even when no one asked. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. so... <laughs> And I, and I still think that I do that sometimes. And some in, in some situations, you know, it's fine. But in other situations, like particularly when it comes to people's personal stuff, I won't say anything unless I'm asked. Even if I think the thing, I won't say it unless, you know, unless they ask me. Because, and that comes from, I remember I had a friend once who, you know, was going through a tough time with a significant other. And I would just bluntly say, I don't like this person. <laughs> um, and, I don't like them. <laughs> and I had another friend who was like, you shouldn't say that. And I was like, why not? And he was like, it's not your business. Like, it's not your, it's not your situation. And you just shouldn't do that. And to me, my thinking was, well, if I tell you what it is, if I tell you the truth, it's always beneficial to you. But I had to realize that some people, you know, or sometimes it's not, they're not, you know, it's it's not for you to say, I guess. It's not your, you know, it's not your situation. Therefore, if, unless you're being asked what you think in these kinds of situations, you don't just say it. Like you let you, yeah, like you let people do what they do and I guess I was at the time I was coming from a place of well if the person I was with was crap I would want somebody to tell me 
but I've been in a relationship, I've been in a relationship with someone who was crap and was told constantly and didn't want to listen until it came to the point. Are you, are you, are you shocked that I'm telling you, I think, did we go into hard mode? No, 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 I just, I'm just, just, because I relate to that. Right. I'm like, did I just increase the difficulty with that? No, no, Um, not. But no, like I've been, I've been there where like, you know, I was told and I didn't listen and I had to get to a point where I learned the lesson myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still a blunt person. I think I'm still an honest person, but I just don't say what I feel all the time. And you were saying that you are passive aggressive and you're not blunt, but there's been a few situations where I felt like you were blunt not really? in a bad way but like like in terms of like saying how you feel about a thing you'll say exactly how you feel about it wait wait me like i i've said things like it's not i can't say it's like i can't think of a particular situation but it's like sometimes like if we're talking about i don't know like a movie or something and you don't like it like you'll be like yeah i didn't like that or if we're talking about you know a particular situation that happened like you'll be pretty blunt about what you think or what you think about other people or you know whatever if you don't like them or whatever you'll be pretty blunt about it and i don't think that that's that's the same i don't even like using the word blunt because it's like it's just honest it's just how you honestly feel and i just i'm not bothered by people saying how they honestly feel unless there's malicious intent behind it. Like if you genuinely don't like something that everyone else likes and you're just like, I didn't like that because this, this, and this, I'm not offended. Like, okay, you didn't like it. That's just like, it didn't hit you the same way, you know? Or like, you know, I don't know, whatever. As long as you're not, as long as you're, like some people will use honesty as like a weapon. Like they're only honest with you when it'll hurt you or when they're mad at you. I don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you all the time. So there's never a situation where you can say I wasn't honest because I want the reason why I feel like I'm like that is because I want you to know that I mean it when I have some critique about something that you're doing or when I praise you. Mm. I want you to know, I don't want you to think that when I praise you, that I'm lying to you or I'm just saying that just to be saying it because if you're the type of person that only says things just to be saying it when you should be telling the truth like when you're you ever come across people who they don't want to tell you how they really feel about something because they're worried about your reaction yeah because they're worried about being viewed as unpopular and you're just like just say or not having the popular opinion right just tell me now when that person praises you you're gonna question whether they really mean it because they don't tell the truth when it's something they're they feel honest about like when they feel Mm -hmm. when they have a a certain feeling about something they're not honest about it then so you may think when they are actually telling you the truth and praising you maybe they don't mean it like you don't i want you to know that i mean it no matter when i say it to you whether it's whether you take it negatively or whether i'm telling you something positive and I try to make a point of not being, not using honesty as a weapon 
not saying certain things to people because they pissed me off, but because you like might want to know this because it may help you to become a better person. Not because I want you to fail or I want to put you down. Yeah. And vice versa. Like when I'm, when I praise you, Joy, I would hope equally, you know, that I really mean what I'm saying, because honestly, if I didn't think it, I would never say it to you. That's, that's a thousand percent as well. I feel that. Yeah. So I'm like, you wouldn't say anything. You'd just be like, mm, girl, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like, don't like all right. Yeah. So I just, so I want you to know that, that when I say the things that I say to you, that I mean it. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> ma'am. Oh my God, ma'am. Okay. Thank Wait, you. Wait, can I ask you one question? Sure. No one's ever done this. So do you, <laughs> So on the point of like wetness, do you think that you're not, that you, like, how, how do you feel about yourself? Do you feel like you tell, do you, do you feel like you say how you feel honestly, or do you feel like you still kind of are passive aggressive? How do you, how do you take it from your own perspective? I'm working on being more forward now mm-hmm. because mostly because of Tinktastic, because <laughs> I've always seen how I've operated around my friends and how (laughs) we talk about things around each other so I didn't really have enough of a back and forth with people to really look at how I conduct myself during let's say arguments or disagreements and back and forths or discussions so I just kept doing the passive aggressive because I felt like that was the best way for me to be understood on both sides Mm where if I don't like it I'm just like well you know Mm-hmm. but then I'm like well obviously if I like something I like it but if I didn't like it I'd be like uh, but this one she'll just be like no I don't like that point blank period I said and what I, I like said. that yeah <laughs> but it came off to me yeah. as so like I love mm-hmm. it because when she says it I'm admired I'm like I'm admiring of her like wow you just say what you said and that's amazing mm-hmm. and people don't question you but when yeah. I say things people would question me and I would hate that I'm like well I said what I said before and no one took it seriously and then I felt like I didn't have there was no middle between me saying something nicely and then saying something honestly because if I said something Uh, honestly it'd be like mean uh like it would would be zero to a hundred if I if I really told you how how I felt about you it would be like no I don't like you in da 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 and I'm burning bridges like that, oh. that in my head is what was happening and so that's in your head but is that how other people took it probably who knows because yeah. I never really yeah, had huh? that opportunity right. to like say what I felt until uh-huh. now so I'm practicing putting that into play now as an adult woman because especially when I turned my real age I was like you know what why do I care so much like why am I so passively aggressive and in, in holding things back? Like, I should just say what I feel and then nobody would misunderstand me, right? Right. So I am I am working on it now and I do feel mm-hmm. a lot better versus like, you know, when I would be at my jobs and I would passively aggressively say things sarcastically and then mm-hmm. they wouldn't get it. And I'm like, do I got to spell it out for y'all? They're literally canning <laughs> us. Like they're going to, we're going to get sacked. Like they don't care about mm-hmm. us at this job. And then they're like, oh my God, Joy, where's this coming from? Why, <laughs> why do you act like this now? I'm like, what do you mean? Right. I, I've told you this for six, six, seven months. 
I was joking. I was sarcastically saying the things and y'all just wasn't getting it. So mm -hmm. I felt yeah. like when I did try to say what I felt, it would just go over the heads because I would take like, it would be like a whole, I guess, riddle for people to get it. And I'm like, all right, I can't. I ain't got time to play with y'all. Like, right. Literally, this is what's happening. So thank you. Right. And I, I felt like I also kind of, in a sense, have to be that way being a woman because you're what you say is not taken seriously to begin with mm. and so i'm like no i want it to be there is no doubt that i mean what i'm telling you and like how you how you talk just said you know you would sometimes go from zero to 100 and all of a sudden you're like burning bridges there are times where i've had where i've gotten to a point where I know I'm about to say the thing out of anger. And so I just hold back and I don't say it because I might destroy a friendship or whatever, because I know if I get to that point of anger, like I'm, <laughs> what comes out of my mouth is gonna be. So I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Thank you. Cause I always felt that and I was like, oh, I can't. And now, you know, it's like, nah, girl, like, and if you burnt the bridge, like, was it really meant to be there? Like, it was for a reason. Like, you know, just mm -hmm. you're old enough now to not be scared about other people's opinions and stuff. So I was like, all right, thanks. Thanks, Joy. And thanks to all of you around me that helped get that out of me. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And final question. Okay. Question number five. What do you not have patience for and why? <laughs> So I can name I can name a few other things. So like we talked about passive aggressiveness already, but people who treat other people poorly, mm. I really like it. It almost it. I don't like people who condescend to other people, who talk down to other people, who treat other people like crap because of who they are or how they look, or who they're sleeping with or who like any of those things. And it makes me like physically mad to see mm. it. And I think that that, I also, one thing I also don't like is people who tell other people that they can't do something. And mm. that is another thing that came from my dad because my dad constantly drilled into me at a young age, never tell anyone else that they can't do something. Mm. And now as an adult, when I see something like that, like, oh, you want to, you want to do a podcast? You can't do that. Like that would drive me crazy. That would, that would make me mad. Like I would want to tell that person, well, what the, I was about to curse. I'm trying not to curse. Me. Look, <laughs> if anything, it could be edited out. So you know, it's fine. You know, like what are you doing though for telling other people that they can't, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't tell this person that they can't do something because you don't know what that person can do. And a lot of people will surprise you with what they can do when they're not surrounded by people who tell them what they can't do. Mm. And so that is, that's, that's a big, a big pet peeve for me. I don't like people who condescend to people. I don't like people who try to appear to be virtuous and really they're doing it for self-preservation like 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 what we were just talking about people who who won't say what they mean because they're afraid of 
looking bad more so than saying what they actually feel. Mm. And I would rather you just say what you actually feel. I think that you should treat people, no matter who they are, what their background is, you should treat people like people, treat them well. I feel like what you said is wonderful. No, I completely, I completely agree. Cause it's just like, you you put that energy out to put someone down that they can't do something. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you don't even know what I can do. Like right. you know it. And then for me to, and you're expelling that negativity and I'm, whether purposely or not, I'm taking that in internally mm-hmm. to be like, well, can I do the thing? Right. I should, I remember, I remember five seconds ago I could. Mm-hmm. but now I can't like why so I feel you right. and with Robbie ducking his head on in to <laughs> the cafe I feel like it's time to go yeah. out of this cafe like <laughs> I hope he's picking up the bill because uh <laughs> he walked up on in this place like exactly I'm gonna hand him I'm gonna hand him the check <laughs> please do I mean I could put down I can Venmo you cash out whatever but like you know, no, I, he's paying for both of us. I think oh, yes. the way he popped in here, he can treat both of us. Yes, we deserve. <laughs> okay, thank you, Rafi. <laughs> so we are going to leave this cafe, and I'm just I'm so happy that I was able to even have this sit down with you. But when we leave this cafe, things might get a little difficult. Okay, hmm. so all right, let's uh, get on up out of here, and uh, we'll see. What's going to happen next? If you hear that music, ladies and gentlemen, that's the sound of a boss battle coming up. And I am here to assist the wonderful, the talented, the incomparable, the amazing, I can go on, and I will someday, Takia Marie. Now, on your registration form, I asked you about a boss battle, anything that's going on in your life. Do you remember what you said? I don't. That is wonderful. (laughs) Because I will tell you. (laughs) So past you Uh said your boss battle was learning more about how to navigate art and business effectively while overcoming my introvertedness. Is that a word? LOL. And (laughs) anxiety. Uh So which... Which one do you want to tackle first? Let's do, we can do introvertedness and then talk about anxiety. Okay. Okay. So you got, you got two bosses up in here. Oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am going to try to make sure I have the best gear to help you assist you in this battle. I mean, it's just me right now, but uh, <laughs> two is better than one. Oh, we got this, Troy. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So look out introvertedness we're coming for you (laughs) and and anxiety because you suck so how did you first confront your introvertedness well one way is doing exactly what we're doing now because i don't know if you remember i think there was a one time where i went live with you on instagram yes and i hate doing video doing interviews doing podcasts i hate it not hate hate might be a strong word i was always super nervous though to do them and then i was like i should just force myself to do it and 
So then I started doing some with you and I did some with Antonio and I did, you know, Nerd Soul a few times and some other things and just talked to people or whatever. And that really helped me overcome being an introvert. And then when I, you know, started taking on clients free for freelance wise, I had to be on the phone. I had to be doing, you know, like Zoom chats or whatever. So I had to kind of work through it and find what works for me and I figure the best thing for me is to just pretend like I'm just talking to a friend just you know someone that I feel comfortable with and it kind of relaxes me a little bit having a little bit of a drink helps too <laughs> that's 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 that liquid stamina that liquid courage exactly exactly but it but it made me better at you know not being so nervous about talking to people or being in front of people or whatever. Wow. You, you knocked that one out of the park. I don't, cause I was going to ask you, how do you deal with it? And then you okay. answered that. That's, that's incredible. Girl. But you see, you assisted Joy. Look. Because, because doing your, doing your shows and because you, you're also naturally really good at making people comfortable. So mm-hmm. it made me comfortable to like, like this is, this kind of stuff is honestly like practice for me because in a way, because it just helps me to kind of get over, you know, being uncomfortable and being nervous and stuff like that. Cause I remember that day mm-hmm. when we did the Instagram interview and I remember I was like, you didn't seem nervous or apprehensive <laughs> at all. Like <laughs> that definitely shown through in spades. You were completely mm-hmm. comfortable. And I was like, how is she saying how she's not comfortable, but we was I gabbing. promise you I promise you I am I'm always nervous just before wow I mean you <laughs> you do a really great job of 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 dealing with it of even mm-hmm. be able to have the courage to still do it because you're like a lot of people just would be like no nah, I'm good I don't want to do that yeah it oh, makes yeah. you kind of I, mysterious and the fact that we were live too maybe extra nervous but that's why I, that's why I commend you because you made me feel comfortable because it just you know the nervousness kind of went away I guess and I just because I was just talking to you I didn't mind it so much oh yeah and, and even with IG like I figured that being on Instagram because I it's not like I have a whole bunch of followers or anything especially at that time I wasn't <laughs> like oh there's gonna be like 100 people coming in like I figured if it was just me and a person like you know, I don't care as long as I'm able to speak to you in a manner that makes you comfortable and to promote you. Cause that's what I was like. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know who she is? Have <laughs> you seen her stuff? Why don't we talk about? So if anything, from my point of view, I'm like, when I am seeing you in different forms of media, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. she's, she's moving in mysterious ways. Like <laughs> I see she, she did that interview. Okay. I see she mm-hmm. did that that thing like she posted something okay that was important like she's she wants us to know about what she's doing Uh strategic you're like (laughs) I don't want to talk to people (laughs) right oh my god but I love it (laughs) I appreciate it (laughs) and with the introvertedness because I feel like we about to kill this mother Uh how have you or how will you overcome it I guess I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth or if, if, if it's, a, if it's something that you feel like you have overcome, then uh-huh. this mother F is dead, but just saying like, 
if you have any advice for people for for that right I I don't I wouldn't say that I've quite overcome it and honestly I don't even necessarily think that it's a total totally a bad thing to be introverted I just you know all it means to me is if I'm the type of person that when I'm around a lot of people I need to recharge like I don't get my energy from being around people it like kind of sucks my energy a bit and not not to say that I don't want to be around people but I'm just the type of person that I need if I go to like a party or something like that the next day I need to be by myself like I need to you know do something for myself and be away from people because I just need that time for myself um so I don't I wouldn't even say it's something that I necessarily want to get over it's more so something that I don't want to get in the way of me doing things that would help me personally or in my career and one of the ways that it was showing up where it was blocking me is doing these interviews and promoting myself and talking to people and being a part of the community more and stuff like that. And so it's more something that I want to control than get rid of. And I think one of the ways that I've done that or continue to do that is like I said, by doing these interviews, by, you know, on days like maybe when I don't feel like going out or something, just do it anyway. Just even if it's like, oh, let me go run to the store or something. And just, you know, kind of forcing myself in a way to be around people that, you know, I trust and people that, that I love, even when I don't, you know, even when I get to those days where I'm like, ah, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. And Robbie's a big help with that too, because he's always saying to me, you gotta, you gotta go out sometime. Like you can't just be here all the time you got he's like open open the blinds he calls me a vampire he's like why do you <laughs> why do you just want to be inside like do you hate the sun <laughs> I'm like no I just and he's like you gotta like just come on let's go sit outside or something like even something like that like let's just Aww. go sit on the deck or whatever yeah just I think this is I mean, we were talking about COVID and one of the one of the things that it's helped with this, it has helped me tremendously with this in the sense that because everything is remote, I'm always, I feel like now I'm not always, but I'm on some sort of Zoom thing or something way more than I would have been before, you know, way more than I would have been in like 2019 or something. So, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I love it. I love this. It's, it's, (laughs) I mean, the only thing about not going outside is just, Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've been like deficient of the sun, like vitamin D and everything, but Mm -hmm. you fine. Madam vampire, you good. (laughs) Don't worry. I feel like your introvertedness is at 1% health Mm -hmm. and you're just going to like put it in your back pocket and control it. Yes. So I'm trying to think of the best way to say that in a video game term, but I feel like you do have it. Like you said, it's not really a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's more like, Hey, you have it, you know, in a way where you're using it to your advantage in a good sense. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of a little bit of part of my personality. So I never really want to get completely get rid of it. 
but I just don't want it to stand in the way of me doing things that I want to do or love doing. Mm. And how about that anxiety though? Cause that, that thing right behind it. Yeah. How, oh how yeah. You, how did you first confront anxiety? So for me, it's been a dual thing, anxiety and depression. And that's something that I've dealt with since, you know, since I was young, like maybe around 12 years old or something is the first time I can remember. And the reason that I have such intense anxiety, you heard me talk about my parents and all the good things. And I love my parents, but, you know, my childhood was not great. Growing up, there's always a lot of how can I put it? There was always a lot of tension in the house and, you know, a lot of things were, things were unstable and stuff like that. So my anxiety, I think, comes directly from that and being in a traumatic situation for a while. And so that has kind of carried itself throughout my life. So, you know, throughout various points of my life, I've gone for, for help. I've, I've seen someone for it, for both the anxiety and the depression. And what I've, I guess, kind of learned in all that time is, you know, to remove the stigma surrounding those things, you know, especially like, you know, us Black people, we don't like to talk about those kinds of things, those things that are that are ailing us and we don't like to deal with it. And a lot of times we have all this trauma and we don't want to address it or acknowledge it because it's seen as a weakness to do so, to admit that you have these issues or that you're dealing with things like that. And so one of the things that I had to do was to, you know, educate myself on it more and tell and start telling myself like it's not something that makes you weak and I don't know I don't know if it's something that I'll get over I think it's it's one of those things too like with being an introvert it's something that I have to control and that's you know that one is a harder is a harder beast I guess to to tame because I think it does require the assistance of professional help, which, you know, I wasn't always able to get. And one of the things now that I'm, I told you, I'm dealing with a lot of, a lot of, not a lot, but some medical issues that I needed to address, that's going to be one of them. And so that's one of them that hopefully this year I'll be able to go back and, you know, start talking to someone again in order to you know, put those things into perspective and get a better handle on them. Yeah. who the real, <laughs> the realism. Um, Cause that's, that's going to be, you know, when this gets released, that'll be an episode too, where mm-hmm. I speak about, I did therapy as well. Like, cause mm-hmm. like you, exactly like what you said, everything you said, right. The trauma, the hurt, the pain. Like, I, I don't think I can properly it's not in my database right now. Like if I go to my list of options of like what to do, like skills, there we go. Mm-hmm. Like magic right. skills. I didn't know, or I don't know. I can't fully identify if I have ever had depression mm-hmm. before, but I know with the stuff that I've gone through in my own household, I was like, 
I should be nuts. Mm-hmm. Like I should be certifiably nuts with the way that as soon as I step into my parents' home, it's like an instant change. I have to prepare for battle, not even consciously know mm-hmm. until I'm there. And then it rises. Then it's just like, like I have to, I have to prepare. So I, I feel you with that. And like you said, black people, we do not say anything or which I'll probably allude to. We just pray it away. Mm -hmm. It's very tough being black, but can you imagine being religious on top of that too? Like, it's a whole problem. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And it, it puts everything put it, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it puts everything onto something else. Like, oh, you can just, you can't just pray the stuff away. Now, if, if, if you're a religious person, I can see where prayer can help you. Don't get me wrong. Like I look at prayer as, you know, a form of, of meditation. And I'm personally, am not a religious person, but I do understand how it can help some people, but it can help you, but it's not going to get rid of your problem and you know it's it's it is very much an illness like you know any other illness physical illness that you might have and so it's something that has to be you know addressed and and taken care of how how have you been feeling and how do you feel about like how you've handled it with everything that you know has happened in your family I feel like the best way for me to deal with it was to run. Uh And I knew that when I was probably 14 or 15, because I noticed the shift. I noticed the change where when I was in middle school, you know, I I saw my parents argue every once in a while. And of course I have Uh a younger brother. So I was like, okay, like, you know, it's normal, whatever. And of course I can't really remember much of my childhood. So I was just like, this is normal, whatever. And then I got to high school and everything shifted. And I was like, uh-huh. what kind of nut house am I in? Uh-huh. Why are we, what is going on? And it just, it felt like everyone had therapy in the house, but me, no uh-huh. one wanted to talk to me about why people are yelling and why there's so much animosity. You can cut the tension with a knife. Uh-huh. The Depending on, you know, who came home after work, you don't right. know what personality you're going to get. Uh-huh. And my thing was, I don't care what college I go to, but I got to get the heck out of here. Uh-huh. I got to go. And I can't live with these people anymore. So my first instinct was flight. You gotta go. Right. And then I figured when I would grow up, as I would level up in age and in levels and all that, then maybe I can take time to backtrack and talk to each individual parent about what I've gone through, because we all Mm -hmm. went through trauma. And I felt like we were all four individual people living in that house we weren't really a family it was more like Uh, we're all independent as heck just living our lives going our doing our daily schedules or whatever so talking to my mother now talking to my father now you know people I'm I'm discovering that people just apparently weren't even there 
like I, I'm talking about memories and they're like I don't remember that oh wow I don't know that that did that happen really uh-huh. and I'm like I just I can distinctively call I wrote this down I made a blog I did the thing and you're sitting here telling me that didn't exist like uh-huh. so I'm just hurting for no reason like make yeah. it make sense you know yeah and and that's the hardest part because I've I've gone through that too and in in a way I think that too is as much responsible for why I am the way that I am just as much as any of the other more positive things that I've told you about because when you I, I just have this philosophy when you go through a lot of hurt and pain and stuff like that when you go through a lot of trauma the last thing you want to do is traumatize somebody else Yes, And so I've tried very much, and I'm not saying that I've always succeeded, but I've tried very much to model my life and how I approach things on that philosophy. Not making people feel bad for the way that they look, not people making people feel bad for who they are, not making people feel bad for things that they can't control. And even more than that, understanding that the people who, like there are people who want a certain thing and have a very hard time achieving it. And they're told that it's because they're lazy. They're told it's because they don't wanna work hard. They're told it's because they don't wanna grind. And if you are a person who has ever dealt with anxiety or depression, you know that there are days that you wake up and you can't even get out of bed. Mm. So for some of those people, when I see people who have a hard time achieving their goals or getting it straight or being consistent or whatever, where normally people would say that they're lazy, Mm. I tend to think they're I don't think this is laziness. I think a lot of the time people might be apathetic, which is very different than being lazy. And what I find is that most people who love doing a thing will do that thing, but sometimes they don't know how to get to the level that they want to be because all this other stuff is dragging them back or holding them back or dragging them down. And there are struggles that people have that you're not privy to. And therefore, when uh, you see someone struggling in, you know, you're quick to call them lazy or inconsistent or whatever the case may be, I would urge people to stop and think just for a minute, is it possible that this person wants to do all of those things, but has a hard time because of what they're going through? And I think going through all of that as a kid made me look at people very differently. And also because, you know, my mom tended to to be on the more judgmental side when it came to people. And I picked up a lot of that too. And that is one of the things that I've had to try to undo because a lot of people, everybody, everybody's just trying to figure it out. That's, that's what I've learned. Everybody should trying to figure it out. And people are struggling with things that are invisible to you. And, you know, if you come from a place of judgment with people, 
that usually is about you. It's about making you feel better about yourself. And it is not about trying to have compassion or empathy for people. And there are people dealing with a lot and there are better ways to, to help them and to understand what they're going through than to simply, you know, judge them for it. And so my whole point in saying that is that it taught me to have a lot more compassion for people and what they're going through, while at the same time, knowing when I'm coming across somebody that even if they're going through those things, if if they're hurting me, I need to like keep them at a distance, you know? And like I said, it's, it's for me, at least at this point in my life, it's about finding that balance. <laughs> I'm sighing on behalf of every Black daughter that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, God bless you. You are powerful beyond measure. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm not even trying to think these words. I'm just literally saying them from my heart, like literally. I, and, I, and because of what you just said, I had to write down a thought. I was like, wait a minute, because this, <laughs> we gonna come back around to this. Okay. We got to come back I'm around. I'm all for it. It might be a, what is it in, in Final Fantasy 14? Or what is, I can't even say that. Can I say that? I haven't even played 14. I was so going to say, shoot. <laughs> it might be a, I think in video game terms, it might be like a raid party or something. Oh, okay. We're going to have a Black Daughter discussion. Mm-hmm. Because this, and when you said mother, your mother, my mm-hmm. mother, I got, mm-hmm. I got on my hand, just like that, friends whose mothers are just like this and mm-hmm. have we again that's a that can't be just a boss battle that has to be a whole raid right on talking about that because that's some deep deep hurt it's so deep i didn't even know i was hurt until other people told me i was bleeding i was like oh wow what mm-hmm. you what like and like, I, girl you know you bleeding <laughs> I didn't know I was bleeding for years until people were pointing it out to me. I was like, what? Like, I, I didn't know this is, I thought I was just, you know, living my life. And to hear you say those things, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it happens to us. And we never get a platform to really talk about that. Yeah. And how yeah. all of that is directly linked to our anxiety, our depression, mm-hmm. our our suicidal tendencies uh-huh. so many things and, and when we do say something we're gaslit right and these are why we have these gosh darn boss battles because it's just like a lot of this stuff I'm learning from you I'm learning this stuff from y'all uh-huh. I didn't just get this from the tv one day this is literally uh-huh. stuff I didn't learn this from if anything video games helped me put something to it yeah playing certain video games that talk about and I mean I'm not talking about like right now I'm talking about back Uh as a kid Uh growing up I'm starting to relate to a lot of the video game characters I've seen and I'm like wow they talked about depression I didn't even know I had that Uh going on I didn't recognize maybe it wasn't me but maybe it was a parent maybe it was an auntie or uncle or whatever dang oh my god yeah yeah and just on that point like 
And obviously, like, if we have this discussion again, we can get a lot deeper into it. But, you know, my parents did the best that they could, but they were also human. And they also, you know, had their own, I'm sure, traumas that they were dealing with. And as the saying goes, hurt people hurt people, you know. So, you know, my mom was always a huge, huge, probably my biggest supporter in terms of art. When everybody else told me, don't do art because you'll never make money at it. You'll never be anything. You'll never, you know, with to all the people who told me no when you can't and you'll never. My mom never, ever, ever, ever said that to me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, one of the things for me is how do you reconcile that the people who are influencing you in such a positive way are also hurting you. Mm. So, you know, it's, you know, again, like going through all of that, I think helped me to look at people differently and to try to get to a place of having more compassion for people. And especially when it comes to us Black people, I have this firm belief that you love every Black person, Mm. every every single one, because the things out there that are, you know, against us and have traumatized us collectively to the point even that, you know, we do things to each other, the only thing that's going to beat that is compassion for each other. Right. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And it, I feel like that's the silent communication that we have when we do travel around and we see other Black people mm-hmm. who look like, hey, yo, we do that. Yeah. Nod, yeah. Like, hey, girl, like, we, we <laughs> like, I don't know you. And then there are times where people come up to me and we're talking, we're having discussions. And then Bibi will be like, do you know that person? I'm like, no, no. That's, but that's like, and that's what I love about us. Like, you can go any Black person, what up? I literally no. had hair tips <laughs> from this random Jamaican lady coming mm-hmm. out of a store, like a 99 cent store. Yeah. She just was yeah. like, your hair is so great. Like, she didn't touch it, but she was like, you know, because mm-hmm. we have that code. But she's like, yeah, your hair is great. All you have to do is do blah, blah, blah. And then it's mm-hmm. like, I, I never saw that lady again. But right. she but, told me but, about my hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some people you can just roll up on them and like you could talk to them and like I had I had a similar experience when I was on the subway one time when I still lived in the Bronx and I was coming home and this lady comes over to me and she's like oh your hair looks really nice and this was like maybe a year or so after I had gone gone back to my natural hair Mm -hmm. and you know and we were just swapping like hair tips (laughs) and hair products like on the subway and she was like yeah yeah yeah. my daughter wants to do it she's a little nervous and I was like she shouldn't be you know it is gonna be like a a learning curve like she's gonna have to learn her hair again but you can totally do it and it and it's healthier and it looks so good and like I was just kind of like encouraging her and encouraging her daughter but I never saw that woman after that never again (laughs) we were talking about hair products and stuff it was so funny but I love that I also love that about us Uh and I feel like we because I mean players you do not have the privilege to see Takia Marie because you know you're not like that 
obviously this is a podcast you can't see her but this entire time I'm staring at her face literally not a blemish not a not an imperfection I'm staring at this the cleanest brightest brownest caramel chocolate looking face and I'm just like I've gone through so much acne in the quarantine and you're just like goddess literally just and I'm and I can see part of your hair even though you have your headphones on I'm like I see your hair I'm admiring (laughs) I can see it better I was like oh my god (laughs) I'm just I'm just I'm just enamored because I'm just like wow you're just why don't you get on camera more like it's just so funny where you're just like I don't know I just I don't know that's that's gonna be my next boss battle really it's gonna be my next boss battle because I don't I don't know I just don't I always feel like I look awkward on camera I do I always feel like I look awkward to me but do you maybe it's maybe it's you know how like when you hear your own voice play back to you for the first time and it's like that's what I sound like I feel like that's how it is when I'm seeing my own face because you don't oh see God. your own face every day. So it's like, I mean, you look in the mirror, obviously, but I feel like what I look like in the mirror and then when I'm on camera is different. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but like, that's going to be my next boss battle. I don't like being on camera. So I have to get over that. And that's, you know, that does take years of practice and like you said, I, when I really, really hurt myself on camera and straight up was on my own was back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Talking to inanimate objects like cameras, laptops, phones, that was 2013. So I've had some time to like get used to the fact my voice sounds like this. Would you do that just like for practice? Yeah. Just, to, just oh. Like my YouTube channel, if you go back in the beginning, it's me talking to my laptop. And then I had all these minute of me's, like minute of me, it's M-O-M, where I'm just talking to my phone and just vlogging. Yeah. No one's gonna, I mean, as far as I know, no one's gonna see them. But that helped me to practice, to not be so nervous about being on camera, to just be like, hey, if I'm gonna have a camera in my face, I can't, I can't freeze. I have to be like, all right, you're on now go do the thing say your name you gotta say your name say your you know say your 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 blurb you know just be like hey my name is joy and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. i've been practicing that since college i guess because journalism yeah yeah journalism so yeah i mean it's it's a thing but i like you said like again once you do it more not Mm -hmm. you got to be on everybody's faces don't be like these actors where you know, you see the one actor in one movie and then you see him in every movie. You're like, girl, right. like, you can't play every role. Like, relax. Right. Sometimes people do need space away from you. We, can, we can't see your face everywhere, but look, it, yeah. it, it does help. And if mm-hmm. you have to do things like, I know someone did mention like doing like a self, like a video journal. Yeah. Where you're never going to, you're not going to release it to anybody. You're not going to upload it to YouTube or whatever, but at least mm-hmm. you have your own, files to look back on and be like oh okay I did that or you know like a video diary like you could do yeah. those yeah that's a I mean that's a good point that's a good point because I think it's like you said it's about you know getting used to it and doing like I said doing stuff like this helps because it kind of you know if you're uncomfortable with something you kind of need to confront it so yeah 
So overall, I feel like this boss battle is to be continued, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Yeah. So there'll, there'll probably be like some random cutscene about anxiety and introvertedness being like, I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, girl, bye. Boy, bye. I got you in my back pocket. <laughs> right. That, that'll be your cutscene. And then it'll be like, dun, 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 like some type of, you know. <laughs> But I'm happy to say that. I'm happy that you can say that and I can say that because it's like, look, mm-hmm. it, it is something that's going to keep, it's going to happen, but at least you know about it. You're aware. Yeah, exactly. Of this battle. Because mm-hmm. look, I was, I was in a battle. I didn't even know it until I left my house. Yeah, yeah. You're so and close. You're so close to it. And that's what, that's what happens. And for me, anxiety like show, shows up in inconsistencies. Like I'm really good at being consistent with clients but when I when it comes time to do things for me I have a tendency to overthink the analysis paralysis thing that you were Mm -hmm. talking about and all of that is anxiety and fear and getting getting control over that is you know a challenge for me it's a it's a big challenge for me and it's not because I'm any of these and that's something I had to tell myself and to remind myself it's not because I'm any of these negative things that people want to say when they're looking from the outside in saying that you're you know you're lazy or any anything like that it's just that it's you know it's a struggle for me and it's something that I'm learning about and trying to navigate better and you know that's going to be part of me doing things now as far as taking care of my health and one of those things is my mental health as well and my spiritual health. Mm. That is another thing. If yeah. people listen to these episodes, I'm telling you, I, I definitely am tackling that too. Like I tackled that or go to tackle that too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to thank you for allowing me to assist you in this boss battle. Thank you for it. assisting me for thank being for- my, I don't know. Are you, am I player one in this? Am I you, you are in this boss battle? Yes, because this is your okay. boss. Yeah. I just assist if I can. So thank you for being my player too. Oh, no problem. I am always here to be <laughs> player two. Like as much as I'm like player one, I'm also like, no, 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 player two. I I <laughs> I help. And I I definitely cannot wait to be in another boss battle with you again because I know that when this raid comes I'm telling you oh Uh this raid yeah like I'm so excited (laughs) I'm gonna be ready and you know all of the the status ailments whatever that could come Uh in this raid that we're gonna do I'm telling you we got to be prepared for it but we will stock up on all the supplies before we even get there there will be so much in advance like advanced tips or advanced like hey warning this is coming up this is coming up yeah so we could be prepped for that because I, I i literally what you just said i'm like oh we gotta and that's a new a whole new idea i didn't even mm-hmm. think about that that's not even written down in the regular schedule of the things but oh i can't wait for this oh my god oh yeah you know i'm down whatever you want to do whenever thank you thank you so and one last thing I want to say about you Joy thank you for being you and for always 
being what your name describes. Like you're always, you're always complimenting black women. You're always being positive and wanting to help people and just being you. And I love you for that reason. And I'm so glad we met. And it is, I mean, I love Antonio, but it was worth knowing him just to know you. So, oh my God. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. I will always give my comics geek guru, Antonio, me primo, the hungry bleak, like all the love in the world for that man, even though he, he never want to take our love. He never wants to accept the love, but <laughs> no, that but, man, oh God. But I got, but I actually, I got, I got three of y'all because Carlo too. Yep. So, He's so just knowing it. Yeah. So just knowing Antonio kind of opened me up to everybody. Who else in y'all family that's cool? Like, <laughs> I know, right? Ain't that crazy? Because I knew Carlo first, like my mm -hmm. entire life. I've known Carlo, mm -hmm. but I didn't know Antonio until later. And I'm like, yeah. I'm so glad that things fell into place the way they were, I guess, supposed to. But yeah, I gotta, I'm having him on too, because Carlo, he he gotta, that's that's Pharaoh. That's Pharaoh yeah. Ramsey. <laughs> gotta get him on for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, I feel like we're the coolest ones in the family. Like, well, I'm glad I got to know all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And we're we're blessed. I'm like, again, grateful to him because he knew you first. And I'm like, well, thank God he kept you know, his life together so that he could be open to meet wonderful human beings like you, because you know how that stigma goes about Afro-Latino, well, for Black and Hispanic mm -hmm. Black men, like for him to even be able to have the friends that he does mm -hmm. as a Black man in the society, I'm like, thank God that he, yeah. and, and you know how that with this industry, mm -hmm. it could be like, oh, he's, he's my friend, but he's doing stuff to me on the side. Like he could be- right inappropriate he's only my friend because he wants this and that and right exactly so for him exactly. to have that I mean again I don't I don't I'm not trying to be all like I know everything but mm -hmm. Antonio never comes off to me like that and I've never seen him act in a way that's like that to women mm -hmm. so I'm like look I, I know everyone's not perfect I'm not perfect but I'm happy that when we do hang out there's no if anything, I'm the only sexual one that says sexual jokes and waits for the punchline and waits for him to give you the dad face. I'm the only one that's like, you know, he. I never get that vibe from him or get that vibe from Carlo. Obviously, we cousins, we related, but right. when I see them speak to other women, it's not like, yeah, that's my, you know, da 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 da. Like that, these females be out here. Like no, yeah, get, get nah. Any anybody who's like these females, I'm I'm over you. Done. I'm I'm already over you instantly. I'm over you. These yeah. females, what? Ugh. Who talks like that? Like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, these males over here. What are they? Right. Like, male imagine lions? if we said that these males. What these males be lying? Like, <laughs> male, but these females don't. What? I don't. Yeah, it's always odd to me. You guys got to be comfortable with yourselves, man, and stop being like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. That toxic masculinity, that yeah. ego. Mm -hmm. I got to throw that away. Like, please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's hurting you more than you think. 
and this is a whole nother boss battle. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other boss battle. That's a boss battle for all women. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's going to be another topic for sure. Yeah. I, I know it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm so happy. Like, I feel like we demolished that boss battle. Like, I'm so happy. I think, I think we did. I you, think we you, did. High five. You crushed that. You Thank crushed you. that. I'll probably, put in a, I'll probably put in a high five sound effect for that. Like, high five. Right. Clap. <laughs> I don't know. And now we've reached the save point. Oh, my God. We're at the save point. Thank you. Thank you. A thousand, a million times thank you to Takia Marie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for logging in. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for being more available in terms of, you know, <laughs> logging in. <laughs> please let people know where they can find you on all of the things. Please, please just inform the people. So my name is Takia Marie. It's Takia Marie, T-A-K-E-I-A-M-A-R-I-E on all social media. And it's takiamarie.com. You can go see my work there. And I also have a store on Imprint where I'll be adding more stuff soon, but I have like a few prints up there. So if you do like imprint.com slash Marie, I think that you can find me there and follow me on Instagram. And if you're an artist, definitely follow me because I like seeing new artists. So I love that. Please, y'all, I, players, I implore you, please, 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 please. And I say that because I'm going to be rocking her shirt, which I, well, there's more than one design. I mean, if you want to know which design I've rocked, if you don't follow me on Instagram, that's a problem. But I have definitely sported her amazing designs on my body, which is the best place for it to be in quarantine. But when I do go out, I want to make sure that people know who it is. And I love, especially your logo, your actual logo is, mm -hmm. is phenomenal because I love that Thank it's you. on the back. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you know who it is. Like you see it. So I, I really, really do implore all of y'all players, please follow her. She's incredible. She's amazing. She's talented. She's, um, she's just, uh, I'm just, I want quarantine to be over so I can go to your house again. Like I really, do, <laughs> I really do. Like your house is, it's, it's, it's a model of how I would want my house to be. Uh -huh. And not even just the physical, I'm talking about like the environment that you created the, the warm, you know, the, I'm trying to think of the word, like the, in, the in, invitation, uh -huh. like the, like the it's way, inviting you mean? Yeah. Like the way that uh -huh. you all, welcome people into mm -hmm. your home and not to be like you know because i've been to we've been to some barbecues mm -hmm. we've been to some places where it's like ooh, this is trash like <laughs> y'all got some trash person we don't even talk about the food the personalities <laughs> that you are wrangling together right who are your family members because god dang like, <laughs> but going to your house with the rib guy one hobby mm -hmm. It was just wonderful that there was no type of judgmentalness with you or with him and being able to just be all our authentic selves and not have to oh, be yeah. like, all right, I gotta, you know, obviously we, we got home training, mm -hmm. but you know, I, your, your home was a place that I definitely am honored and privileged to be able to step back into the inner sanctum of your private 
residents. So right. <laughs> I'm like, how do I say this in the best way possible? <laughs> so when we are able to actually have a co-op mm-hmm. session, when we're actually physically together, yeah, you know, I, I just, I cannot wait for that day. Yeah. I can't wait to have you guys back up too. Once COVID is out of the way, we'll definitely, I mean, you know, me and Robbie are going to throw something. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, we, people are already asking him like the weather broke this week. Like it was kind of warm yesterday and people are already like, so you barbecuing? Like, yeah. We get I'm like, damn, it's like, it was just a <laughs> blizzard like two weeks ago. Like what? <laughs> I was looking forward to logging onto Instagram and seeing his <laughs> his meat pop up. <laughs> oh, really? Maybe maybe we need to have another boss battle about that one. <laughs> oh my god! I meant the food picture, the food porn, not pop up. Oh god. Oh God, Robbie, I love you. Not in that way. <laughs> I know you're a committed man. Okay, we're not. <laughs> I don't need to be stabbed. I'm uh, good. That was great. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand apologies, players. Oh my God, I'm only hungry. I'm not. Tr- I'm not hungry for the peen. Okay, I'm hungry for the beef that he makes. I think you make it at worse. Actually, I, I think I you try to make it better, but it's, it's terrible. <laughs> now we talk about how you hungry for the beef. I don't think it helps. Jesus but Christ. That's all right, Joy. We still love you. Thank you. Thank you for dealing with me. Oh my God. <sighs> Thank you so much, Dakia Marie, for playing with me today. Thank you so much, players, for listening. And until next time, exit, exit game. game.